Yo, I put it like wow. This that sound. These oaks don't work hard like me. I hope they know by now. Bayo Bam, stand my ground. Throw these money trees go overseas like Percy Tao. I'll make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No negatives allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never, ever, ever think about the drop. Welcome to Sports Fans. It is the MKT show. And I'm MKT, by the way, which feels good to say. Um, and I feel good today. You know, some days you do a few little things and you don't feel productive. But last night I slept incredibly. I don't know what it was. I mean, I sleep well every day. I don't have any crushing debt or, you know, family problems at the moment. And you probably have a bamboo pillow. No. That's Ryan Tinline, who always presumes everything I have is bamboo because I drink my coffee out of bamboo cups, I presume. Why do you think everything I have is bamboo? Because you made bamboo sound like it is the most amazing thing on earth. When did I, when did I say that? When you said it's not, when you were educating me through the sciences. But I, I no, I didn't. <laughs> you're making it sound like I advocated for bamboo. I didn't. Okay. I, I just told you <laughs> the, well, I tried to explain on a cellular level the difference between the structure of bamboo and wood. Well, I can sort of see it now because I discovered last night my sister has bamboo tissues. Okay. Reusable. Why would you want reusable tissues? Well, then what about a handkerchief? You ever thought about that? Yeah, but out of bamboo. Must be a hard handkerchief. So, so what you... <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, how you doing? Full of beans, full of beans today. Yeah, yeah. Sleep well last night? Sort of, sort of. What happened? What's going on? Are you having financial problems? Because James Ilsley couldn't, uh, was going through some sleep problems and I asked him if he was going through financial stuff and he he said no, but I I, I really think he was going through financial stuff and he just couldn't admit it. I'm always going through financial problems. You know what I mean? I don't know what you mean. Um, Because I've been through a lot of financial problems, but, but currently, I'm not having any financial problems right now. Mm. So I'm not saying I'm not going to have financial problems, but as it stands, I don't know what you mean. So tell me about your fin- financial problems. Well, it's also, I don't think you can call them problems. Well, you can call it. So I'm not speaking for you. Mm. Call them whatever you want on yeah. your behalf. I'm saying I don't have financial problems. Over to you. Say whatever you, you're going through and please choose your words to describe your situation. You know what I'm saying? I just don't have the things I want yet. Ah, like like what? Give, give me what, what's at the top of the tin line list. Hmm. Well, wait, are we talking about things I want or things that are like just on uh, on my list? You tell me, like like I because you started this conversation, mm. so so I'm not going to shape. You, you know what I mean? Mm. So just tell me whatever what's happening. Well, I just got myself a, a nice iPad um, early in December. Sure. But you know we got paid early in December, and now it's it's like the fifteenth week of January. Sure, it's you about know. a quarter through. Yeah, it's about a quarter through. I got a bit excited. Everyone was in the Christmas spirit. Everyone was buying each other nice things. I was like, oh, you know, I really deserve my, a nice Christmas, a, a productive gift. By the way, it's not just it's not just to watch Netflix films. Got you. It's for work, but now I'm feeling it. You know what I mean. So you made a bit of an impulse call. 
it was impulse, but it wasn't because I've been wanting one for a long time and I'd been saving for one for a couple months. And then we got the early pay in December and I was like, it's time. But then tell me this, bro. Yes. If you want something, should you always get it? If you're in the, if you have the money for it or if you're in the position or if you find use in what you're getting, I don't believe in buying things that, that you don't particularly need. Look, there's a point, but like if it helps you make money, I'm all for it. But there's certain things, there's certain costs in life you have to have to make money. Uh, you know, a car or transport for one. So a car does help. I don't have a car. But you have Uber. I do. Yeah. So you you need Uber. To, well, you don't need it, but no, it I definitely do. does. I, I need Uber. You need Uber. Otherwise, okay, I'm, cool. I'm, I don't want to... I don't want to assume what you need and don't need. No, I need it. It's a need for me. It's a, it's a core need. It's a core need. Transport is a core need to get to places. thousand percent. So whether it be a car, whether it be Uber, it's, some, it's, an, it's a cost that helps you make money. Or know your taxi route back and forth. You know what I mean? Like uh, a, a lot of people in our country, because we can't speak for Luxembourg, but sure. within our context… So you're saying car, okay, that's if you're very lucky in our country. Very, very lucky. Yeah. If um and in, then internet, the, as you stress a lot. But but hold on, Let, let's start with the cornies. Transport you're saying. Mm. Cornied, eh? Cornied. Okay. So the transport is car if you're super lucky, Uber if you're super um lucky. And then if not, you must know your public transport route. Like you must know it like clockwork. You must know it better than the queue marshals. You know what I mean? Because I would get lost. I'm putting no, it out. No, there. but that's because you've never had to do it. Yeah, yeah. Because every child, when they start mathematics, think, holy smokes. Like three plus three. Oh, my goodness. There's no way, unless you're Superman, you can figure that out. But then you start showing them what the value, what one is. You know what I mean? And then they understand. So if you went on a, on your taxi route for six months, you'd know. Mm. Sure. Yeah. But although there are people who I have employed, like a year into it, they're still telling me they don't know their taxi route. And it's like, like you're saying, transport is core to making money. What's going on? Mm. And I never give people a break, by the way. I will not give anyone a break. You know why? Why? Every single maid I've ever had is never late. Mm. And they don't live... (laughs) They don't live in New York, upper upper Manhattan. They don't live in Sandown. So whenever I employ people, largely middle class uh, knobs, and they are traffic, nonsense. No, you're right. <laughs> no, it's, it's nonsense. It's, it's complete. <laughs> and you know what? I will never give anyone in the world a break because I've seen people right at the bottom of the economic scale pitch up at work looking and smelling fantastic, already having packed food for kids on with no money. So nobody gets a break in my book. Mm. And so, so, yeah, transport is the point, right? Transport. Right. And then there's obviously, depending in what avenue you work in, sure. there's certain other components to, you know, things that, that you need. Like, for example… I like to have my own things only because I don't like relying on people to provide stuff for me. Sure. So I can do my work without having any excuses. So laptop, obviously, 
core thing for me. Sure. And so the iPad, it's not necessarily a need, but it definitely does help with my work. Makes me more efficient. Got you. And time for me is worth more than any money you could offer me. If 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 I'm time saving, that that is worth more to me than money. So how did you come to that conclusion just out of interest? Like, is this something, did you watch somebody? Did somebody give you this advice? Is it? It was actually Mash. <laughs> Mash brought his iPad to, to the office. And, would, then, yeah. and then he was showing me how, now Mash, uh, I don't know how to describe him, such a cool guy. He designs like billboards using his iPad, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. And so I hadn't, I always wanted an iPad, but it just didn't fit what I needed. But now they've brought out the new OS for iPad and they're slowly transitioning a lot of the audio side of things onto iPads. And therefore, I was like, you know what? This could be a good investment. So I bit the bullet. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I thought you were going to give me like some super philosophical reason for getting your iPad, but it's just because MASH came here. No, a, no, no. An incredibly charming salesperson, MASH. Yeah. Who, who, and, and Fash, I, I can see how Fash, I can see how you and Mash would get along as well because Mash is, so to give Mash some context, he is one of the clients slash partners, um, of, uh, Cliff Central Studios, right? And, and the company. So he's in and out randomly. Mm. But whenever he comes here, because he works with a lot of, um, clients in the, on the cutting edge is what I'd say. So he's always bringing new stuff here. So for you, you're just like, Oh, the, I thought you were going to say, oh, the iPad because of core reasons and after you, because you've given me a pretty strong spiel so far. But the only reason it turns out you got it is just because Mash is no, a brilliant salesman. Mash opened my eyes because I wasn't looking at one because I was like, you know, I can do everything. It's fine. But then he started showing me a couple of the new features that they brought out over the years because I had an iPad when I was in high school. Sure. But that was long ago. That was like the first iPad mini. That was the one I got. And then I sold it pretty much after high school because I didn't feel like it had much, didn't have much value to it. You know, you know how they, they say that thing is, uh, what's it? Jay-Z always says a lot of people know the cost of things, but not the value. Sure. So Warren, Warren Buffett, uh, price is what you pay, value is what you get. That's it. Yeah. So I didn't find much value for it in my life back then. So I've sort of just let it go. And then Mash points out a couple new features that could help me in my work. And then I did a little more research myself on this, the like software that I use. I combined it to my iPad and I was like, cool. No, it's, it's, it's worth looking into and buying. And I found a guy, you know, my Apple guy. Got you. All right. So, so transport and then you're saying whatever makes you employable yeah. in, in your field and, and optimizes you and, and really becomes a unique selling point because as an employer, I love people that solve my problems, not are a problem. You know, like now I don't have to go, oh, I need a laptop for Ryan. Ryan oh, Ryan's like, oh, I don't only have my laptop here. I've got my iPad here. Yeah. Okay. So you're solving my, a lot of my needs already as an employer is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So if you are out there, if I'm hearing Ryan correctly, who is an employee of the MKT show, you're saying – work to solve your employer's problems unless i'm i'm not i don't want to speak for you but it sounds like you're headed down that way it's a bit of it's a, it's like a half half in that because yes you do want to have that but at the same time you want to be independent enough that if you want to start like 
a side hustle, which a lot of people are doing. I don't have to worry about doing it on company property, if you know what I mean. I feel you. Then I can, I can confidently do my work on my. That's why, I like, whenever I speak to James or any any of the other guys, I always say to them, if you're going to buy a laptop, buy yourself a buy yourself one, like a decent one that can make you money because you can make money with with the laptop and things like this. Even an iPad, you can make money using it. Doing what? You can buy and sell things. You can use it to create documents. Um, you can, depending on, on what business you're in. I mean, before I was working here, I was working in a totally different industry. And I had to use my, my laptop to compile documents, which I would go to clients and implement certain things. And that's what made me money. So that's why when it came to getting a laptop, it was important for me to have one that could do the work that I needed to do. So how old are you now, Ryan? 26. 26 years old. Okay. So those are the thoughts of a 26-year-old in this world. You know what I mean? Because I'm 35. I see the world differently from you. You see it differently from me. I don't know if I'm speaking on behalf of all 26-year-olds, but no, this but you, is just my… But you, but you are 26. Yeah. You, you can only see the world through your own eyes. Sure. And a 50-year-old might listen to this and go, oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize a 26-year-old would have that sort of foresight. Some people may go… Some people may be 26 and go, oh, my gosh. How did he figure this out so quickly? Because at 26, I was a mess. There's no way some of the stuff you're saying was even on my agenda. Oh. Yeah, I was just like, how many more beers can I down him? <laughs> you see, I don't, I don't drink, so I don't really spend my money on Yeah, I, on well, stuff. I only stopped drinking at 28, you know what I mean? I should have maybe met you when, <laughs> how old, you'd have been what? You're 10 years younger than me, so... I should have met you when you were 10 and I was 20. That would be a very awkward relationship. I think so. It would be weird for your parents. Like, what is this guy doing? Mm. Plus, then at 20, I was full on. I was raging at the final level because I had my football money then. Yeah, oh. I was saying. Yeah. You're at Tottenham. No, at 20, I oh, was at Watford. At Watford, yeah. Okay. Oh, on the verge of being pushed out to CSK Moscow at that stage, yeah. And doing it. <laughs> doing it pro properly so and then at 26 complete mess homeless for a bit is it yeah in and around that age i can't remember i was a, just a, a a whirling derbyshire from 22 till 28 so see at 26 you're way ahead, ahead of where i was at 20 well like way ahead way ahead i see still two years through varsity at that stage though so i somehow managed to do that while i was a drunken delinquent. Weird. Very weird 20s I had. Very weird. I still figured out chemistry. <laughs> Very weird. Up and down. Lots of travel as well. Lots of trouble. Travel. Well, it's, it's in the blood from, from what I hear about your father. Yeah. First chemical engineer. Yeah, one of the... One of the first... Yeah, certainly, yeah. One of the, the first um, black registered chemical engineer in, in, the, in the free South African. You know what I'm saying? So... It's not nah. left in the blood. No, no, it's not. I, I was terrible at mathematics in school. <laughs> C student, this guy. Never studied a day. Uh, <laughs> Never looked at a book. Like, just get me to the rugby field. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know when it kicked. But maybe it is in the blood, you know? Maybe I was just in denial. Like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I had a bit of a fight with my parents about the varsity. It's kind of rebelling, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But then, at 28, I was like, oh, this rebelling thing's terrible. My dad didn't give me an option to not go to university. Which he, is weird because you were telling me it's very weird. 
and I mean, I'm not a parent and your parents have done a great job, but you were telling me they asked your opinion on what was it primary or high school, which you were going to go to. Like they they were like on where to go. Yeah. Um, I saw, I sort of got an input in all of them. That's weird to me. You see, and really, yes, because it's weird that the older you got, the less of a choice they gave you. No, no, no. Well, the reason why my dad said it, it wasn't a thing of like forcing me to do it. It's just he never got the opportunity to to do what to to go study. Uh, okay, anything. So, yeah, he lost his parents both by twenty one. Sure. And so he's when he came out the army, um, his dad offered to pay um, for for his university, and he said to his dad, "No, I want to. I've just come out the army. I just want to work for a year. You know, get things in order, and then I'll do that." And then that year passed, his, his father passed, my grandfather, and his mother had already died at 18 when he just entered the army. Sure. So then all the money disappeared. There was no money for my dad's study, and he just had to sort of make a plan. So when I finished high school, my dad said, I don't care where you go. You can decide, but you're going to varsity. So pick a place where and, and what you want to do, but you're going to varsity. Which, again, is still very interesting to me. Because it's almost like the younger you were, the more of a choice they gave you. Because it's crazy to me that somebody got input into what school they are. Because at 12, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. when I, th- I moved schools all the time. What, what's, who, what were you? Were you, like a, were you? What were you doing? Burning girls' hair at the, all the schools? Or- no, I just – I didn't like the big schools. So I, I wanted to go to smaller schools. So I didn't – but I wasn't performing well. Teachers didn't care in the in the biggest schools, so I didn't I didn't perform well, and I don't do homework. Well, I'm bad at doing homework, and so my main focus was if I couldn't do it in the classroom, then I couldn't focus out of out of class. So I moved. So I started out uh, pre-primary, moved over to the to I think it was Constantia Primary. Is that in Cape Town? No, no, yeah, oh, in the west, in 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 Redipoort. Uh, okay, and then. I was about two terms in. I didn't like it. And my cousin... So, so wait, you were six and you were already going, ah, I don't like this. Yeah. And your parents listened to that. I think they could see. I I wasn't happy. And I had two friends from that school who weren't happy either. And then we caught... Like, my cousin went to this other school called Agape. And I applied there. And... My two other friends also were like, no, we out of here. We, we're not dealing with this. I love this, like, six-year-olds gathering <laughs> together, say, all right, gentlemen, welcome to the annual general meeting. Uh, take a seat there. Uh, you guys, are you still in nappies or whatever? No, 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 no. We've graduated from that. You guys still peeing your bed? No, no, no. Okay, well, that's off the agenda. Right, let's get to the school thing, gentlemen. Uh, what are we thinking? <laughs> this, is cr- this is unbelievable to me, by the way. No, and it was I'm, 45 people in a class. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just telling you I come from a diff- completely yeah, yeah, yeah. different background is what I'm saying. That's why I find it unbelievable. No, look, it wasn't It wasn't like an encouraged thing. Like My parents they also just didn't like the school because of how they would just treat, treat the students or whatever. So I left. And then I went to Agape with my cousin. And I was there until I finished. And then high school... I tried out a bunch of different schools and then my parents said, no, go to the one closest to me, which, um, was LaSalle College. But is, it's, it, is that De La Salle or LaSalle? No, LaSalle. Okay. So, but it's Catholic. Yeah. And I'm well, not Portuguese. What are you going to do? 
Yeah, but I, I came from a Christian school, but even then I wasn't feeling the whole, uh, you know, thing. So <laughs> then I, I I went there for half a, uh, so probably a term and a half. Okay. Didn't like it. I didn't get on with any of the students. I think I got on with, with like the grade 10s when I was in grade 8. Sure. That was about it. I, no one in my class, we didn't get on. And my cousin was there as well. And then I decided – um my my best friend at the time who moved with me from Constantia, he went to uh, King's School. Gotcha. Which um, one? Bryanston or? Uh, Cresta. Cresta. Uh, How many are there? Hill. Hill what's this? Robin Hills. Robin Hills. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah, How many of these that. King schools are there? There's a couple of them. There's Bryanston. There's um, West. West Strand. Okay. I went to the West Strand one, but it looked dodgy. Oh, what's the West Strand? So I, I stayed out of that one. Oh. A couple of my friends come from there, though, believe it or not. And then, um, yeah, so then I went to the King's School, and then that's where I finished off. But also, even then, it was, it was fun, but I'm not a school kind of guy. I don't like school. I hated school from the beginning. And what was it in hindsight? Have you, have, do you ever think about it, or was it, like, too traumatic to even bring what? up? Like, what was it about school? Is it structure? Um, is it – what was it that you, you didn't feel – because with kids, it's quite complicated in mm. hindsight, is that – Ultimately, we just want to belong, right, as kids. Yeah. Ultimately, all kids want to do, it's like there's a reason you kick sand in a, in a girl's eye is that <laughs> you, you want her attention, but you don't know how to get that attention. And she's talking to someone else and you're like, oh, man, this is terrible because everyone would think I'm awesome if I'm talking to that lady over there. Even, at, even as kids, we know this. Uh, and listen, I'm talking from a heterosexual uh, perspective, obviously. And ultimately – Kids just want to be a part of something you, because uh, Dr. Hanan, who's on Gareth Cliff's um, show every morning, put it in a beautiful way, right? Is that kids make this correlation. If it feels good, it is good. Mm. The older you get, you obviously know you can't have chocolate cake for breakfast. You, you've got to have broccoli and fiber and you know what I mean? And they don't feel so good. But the older you get, you can't just do things on feeling. So for children, it's important. The correlation, because of the lack of neurological development, is they so, so they have what's called a disjunct, a correlative disjunct, not, not of their own making. They don't know. We don't know any better at seven mm. that just because ice cream feels good, you can't have it for three meals a day. And also, just because somebody makes you feel good, Right, it doesn't mean they are good for you, but you don't know that as children. All you seek is that to be loved in inverted commas, whatever that means, or welcome into the tribe, you know. And hence, the great African proverb is that uh, if a child does not feel the warmth of the village, um, he'll burn it down to feel its warmth, you, you know. So, so it's a very, very tricky one. So, in hindsight, uh, for you, would you say you didn't feel welcome anywhere? Did you have your own way of rolling, and you feel like? Maybe kids weren't accepting of you or you weren't confident enough to express yourself early. Like, what was the vibe? It's the whole system. I'm not a fan of the system. Like, well, what about it? So, if you weren't one of the popular kids, and I'm, I'm not even talking about just in with, with the kids. Sure. With teachers. Yeah. You, you didn't mean anything. Yeah. Even if you had other interests. So, like, I don't want to say I hung out with, like, the, the weird guys because it wasn't weird. We just had different interests. Sure. So I used to hang out with the guys who liked the computers and no, – the, the nerds. Oh, all the nerds, yeah. Yes. But 
It wasn't, and I, I mean, I, I used to do the sound for, for the school. So I used to hang out with all the, all the, the technical guys, but I never played. I played football for a bit, but I, I played football purely for the inclusion of being with my friends. Yes. But other than that, I just felt like they didn't treat you. And I, that's why I hated it. The teachers, like I was by the book kind of guy. And I look back now and I really wish I could tell people not to take school so seriously. And that's just from my perspective. Although you should take your studying seriously. No, no, I'm I'm not saying from the educational standpoint. I'm just saying, you know, I was so hard on myself in school. Yeah, I didn't give myself that creative bubble to play around. Like I, it was school or nothing, and I didn't focus on anything else. And now, doing what you know, we're in the creative industry, we're in the content side of things. I wish I had played around with, you know, maybe music programs or films and things like that like actually opening up the creative side which school doesn't really offer now i don't know well i can't speak now but i wish i'd open myself out to that kind of level but how would you have known that at the age of 13 there's no way for you to know that you, you, you can't yeah. you can't hold a 13 year old ryan to a 26 year old ryan standards it's like because then how do you ever but also technology has evolved so much now. It's so common for kids to have access to music programs, recording no, fair, that, stuff. That's a different conversation that sure. I'm saying you, because you're saying you felt like part of that situation was if you could go back, but you, how can you know at 13 that it's important to be creative if the environment isn't doing that for you? But that's the thing. Yeah. They need to open up the systems to, to open things like that up. There's, you know, jobs that are available now weren't available, what, 50 years ago? No, 100%. 30 years ago. 10 years ago. 10 years ago. There's people who are professional TikTokers. Yeah, professional TikTokers, social media. Sure. And we just weren't ever given that opportunity. And so I was, I was by the book. I would try and please everyone, but I wouldn't please them at all. Like in primary school, there was a blue card system. If you did things correct, you got points. Yeah. And if you did things terribly, you got minus points. So when I didn't do something, which was hardly ever, I got penalized to, to, the, to the first degree. Mm. Whereas I had a friend of mine, very funny, didn't take school that as seriously as, as I did. He had a bit of fun and you could see. He would go all the way down. So we started on 2,000 points. He would go all the way down to like 600. Sure. But then his actions were good and they would see an improvement in that and he would spike up to 3,000 points, mm. which was like – They'll take you to McDonald's at the end of the year or some something along those lines. Yeah, but let's, let's get our kids uh, obese, yeah, to reward the, them. <laughs> but this is the thing. No one recognized you when you were good unless they saw the bad first, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Sure. So that was my whole – the social construct just irritated the hell out. H have you ever thought about why teachers like, – like obviously, look, it, it clearly doesn't sound like school was the happiest time in your life. No. Okay. So have you, so do you, you don't think about it? Do you, do you ever talk about it? As to, have you ever th thought about unpacking? And perhaps as you go, you, you'll, cause there's always two sides to your thing, right? Sure. You, you can only see it through the eyes of Ryan Tinline at 13, who's a student. Mm. Have you ever thought about the other side of like, why were teachers like that? D did, did it ever come to your mind or is it so traumatic? You're like, screw him. I, I'm just glad I'm out of there. It's, yeah, oh, it's 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 not traumatic. I always like my whole thing after school was right. I'm gonna work so hard that those teachers are gonna see, they're gonna see what they actually, you know, ignored, ignored, 
And so I don't want to go and shoot my mouth off. I want, you know, I want them to hear about me. I got you. And so that's why I, that's why I work as hard as I do, because I want to make sure all those people who, you know, didn't focus on me back then in school. will see. Okay. Hold on. And, and they were, I'm not saying all teachers, by the way, there were like one or two who I really liked Fantastic. and I was close with, but the main ones, you know, it was just, it was not an environment I enjoyed being in. So, and you do work hard. They're like, uh, you know, I don't just say things. I'm not that guy. <laughs> Whatever I'm feeling, I will say it. I'm sure you, you've figured this out by now. Yeah. You do work hard. I can't deny that. And listen, it's a very interesting insight into you, Ryan, because I've never heard this. We've never spoken about this. No. Actually, uh, I didn't think we were going to speak about this today. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredibly revealing thing. And I, you're not alone as, you, as more and more stories come out about how people viewed things. Mm. Um. This is an overwhelming sentiment. And I think it's part of the challenge of society to say, because there are more people alive now, by the way. And this is always difficult for people to, to wrap their heads around. There are more people alive on planet Earth now than have ever lived and died equally, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So in the history of mankind, a certain amount of people have lived and died. There are more people alive now than that number. We've never seen what we're having now because the world is safer. Science, although primitive, actually, science has just started, is, you, you know, uh, sort of infant deaths, uh, right? Infanticide and the likes is at an all-time low and shrinking. So we're trying to figure out how how can our system that we call democracy feed into individual needs? And it's struggling, right? We're transitioning. It's like, in your situation, how was your school supposed to deal with the needs of 45 children, individual idiosyncratic desires? And I don't know if the system knows how to do that. Mm. So there's always two sides to everything. And, and that's very, very interesting. But to, to a point I was asking about just now. So in psychology, there's an incredible phenomenon, right? It's called the Pygmalion effect. And to wrap this up, the Pygmalion effect is this. And you, like you're saying, so your friend, w teachers liked him or her. I don't know if it was a girl or a guy. It was a guy, yeah. So a guy. All right. So the, so you're saying the teacher. Athletes. An ath okay. Well, okay. So good example, an easy example, especially for me to identify with. So in the Pygmalion effect, what it says is this. The teacher who may be a rugby fan or a soccer fan. Let's say your friend was good at soccer. It doesn't matter what sport he was good at. A teacher who is a soccer fan and sees themselves a young them in that good soccer player, right, will set higher standards for your friend. And what happens with people in the Pygmalion effect, if I see myself in you, and we're all, we're all biased to this as human beings. We have to keep an eye on it, particularly if you want to be in leadership. So your, your friend, right, this teacher sees themselves in the young soccer player. So what happens is he sets higher standards for that person because that's just what you do with people that are like you. We are biased to people like us, right? So what happens in the Pygmalion effect is if I set high standards for you, right? I give you more attention and more feedback because I think you've got more potential if I see myself in you. Mm. And what that's, it starts a cycle. The Pygmalion, the, the Pygmalion effect starts a cycle. When I do that for you and you get positive feedback, you know what happens with the young six-year-old, your friend? They try harder. They put in more effort. Because there's standards for them. And what that starts is a cycle where if I see this person trying harder and I'm that teacher, 
is that I set even higher standards for them and I give them even more love and affection. And that creates a loop where high standards try harder, high standards try and it starts a cycle where that person will flourish. Whereas what you're saying is that the teachers may not have seen themselves in Ryan because Ryan wants to, to play Warcraft 1 or whatever was available back then. And back then the idea is, ugh, you know what I mean? Mm. And so they give you no attention and the Pygmalion effect works there as well. No standards for Ryan. Ryan feels isolated. Who cares if I try anyway? And that starts a feedback loop because Ryan starts behaving badly because you don't care anyway. I'm a child. You're supposed to create safety and room and consistency and all the things we know in early childhood development. And the Pygmalion effect in this one works inversely and says, Ryan behaves worse and worse. I treat Ryan worse and worse because because uh, now there's a confirmation bias. It's like, well, I have no standards for Ryan and now Ryan's behaving badly. Well, I knew it anyway. Even though I haven't tried with Ryan because I don't see myself in Ryan as that teacher, now you start acting out and I go, of course he's acting out because he's Ryan and he's a computer guy. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And it starts a, it starts a poisonous Pygmalion effect mm. on that side. So the Pygmalion effect, a very interesting thing to look up if you're interested in uh, sort of ped- pedagogical studies, uh, teaching leadership, the Pygmalion Effect Ryan Tinline on the MKT show. So Ryan's rocking the the bus down ring. So Ryan just let me look at it so I can describe it to people. Create a theater of the mind. Oh, you can leave it on. I can see. But uh, I'm wearing Tom Ford. Uh, what's it? Tom Ford. I'm wearing um, Christopher Close glasses, you know, from Denmark. I don't know what those are. In combination with uh, Tom Brady, the greatest American athlete of all time. You know? Oh, nice. It's a bit of a collab. collab. Mm. You have to. So it's like your Neymar boot collaboration. Oh, I didn't bring them today. Yeah, it's typical. I'll bring them tomorrow. Yeah, but you, you, you always say this stuff. Like I'll watch Guardians of the Galaxy and then you don't watch it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> been busy. We've been it's on TikTok live streams yeah, the whole week. It's what you say. It's what you say. I, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy thing's been going for months now. This conversation, maybe two months. So, Senzo <clears throat> also needs to watch it. By the way, Senzo's got his own stuff going on. Don't worry about <laughs> him. You you need to worry about your stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't don't bother worrying. Anyway, the bus down ring. Mm. Um. So it's a wolf. Yeah. And it's enormous. And, and it, it looks enormous. And Ryan's a, Ryan's a big man. By international standards, he's 6'3 and wide, built like a proper South African man. Mm. So it looks big on Ryan. On me, it would look like, like a spare room in a house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It'll look like Shaq. <laughs> so it's a wolf. But it's the wolf you would imagine from... Like those vampire movies, what were they called again? Twilight. Twilight vibes, where there's a lot happening. It's well designed. Where did you buy that bus down ring? I got given it, actually. By who? Uh, a close friend of mine, yeah. Are you known as the wolf? I mean, what happened? I don't know. I think he bought it a while back, but I don't know where he got it, because I want to get another one. The only other place I know where you can get rings like this is like Gucci. and. So, so wait, you want another wolf ring? I'm not a wolf ring. But I want another ring like this. So what would you get? Like a minotaur? Or would you get a real animal? Like a whale? Or or do, do you like the, the like animals of the forest? The beasts? I don't know. 
I don't know what I'd get. I'd have to see what's available. Do you like animals? Ah, there's a, there's a, there's a handful that I like. What do you mean? What? What do you mean there's a handful that I like? No, look, I'm all for like supporting an animal. Sure. But I do believe we should live separate lives. Animals should be there. Yeah. We should be here. You know what I mean? So I do like, like tigers are, are like my favorite. Like a, like a black panther is really cool. Not a tiger, but different. No, no, no. I, but I like, like. Okay. So like jaguars. A jaguar is a black panther. Yeah. yeah uh, but like Mike Tyson's or tiger. Jaguare. Is, uh, is is what the Aguar. that's what the, that's what the Argentines call it the, <laughs> the Spaniards Jaguare. So I do like tigers. Salma Hayek could uh, go. Oh Ryan, come in my house. <laughs> you want to see my my black panther or Jaguare? That would be Salma Hayek at her house. She's, she's be probably, careful. New Metro might unfollow you with that accent. Well, it's a per, it's uh, are you suggesting? What are you suggesting? It's not as on point as your previous one. Of Salma Hayek. Hayek, yeah. I think it's close. You think so? Um, Did she say that in The Eternals? No, in The Eternals she was like, Thanos, he be thinking he destroyed the whole world. But he doesn't know. I'm Salma Hayek. I got, I got a beautiful bosom. <laughs> but but I, I, I know speak English so concurrently. I maybe get a different role in a movie. I speak too much in a movie. <laughs> I speak too much. Eternals is a terrible movie. It's, a, it's available in big cinema, but so it's, it's, it's a terrible movie. So that's what she sounds like. But, okay, so what animals are you... So you like what? Tigers? Tigers are cool. So what animals don't you like? I don't know. Now you're asking me. But why wouldn't you like animals? Like, I, I don't understand. You're saying, what, did, did an animal steal the girl of your dreams? What are you talking about? No, just, I'm all for, like, people liking animals, but I, I don't like any animals around me. Like, what do you mean? I don't understand this. Like, so what, snakes? Like, if you, yeah, no ways. So, okay, so you're just scared of them. It's not like you're going, oh. Snakes are so, what, jealous or whatever. No. So you, yeah, no, you, you're I'm, just scared of nature, is what you're saying. I don't, yeah, like, you know, we have to make it all work on this planet. Sure. You ever thought human beings are a part of nature, though? Have you ever? No, we, no, we are, but I think we need our own ecosystem as, as we are building it up. You sure. know what I mean? Sure. And they just don't mix with that ecosystem. That's what I'm saying. If you offer me a holiday in the bush or a holiday at a five-star hotel in Dubai, you best know I'm going to Dubai. <laughs> I've seen all I need to see. I'm so quite you, happy to be on the 25th floor sipping whatever on top of the balcony without and, any animals. So what do you think of like sharks? They're cool. They're just cool very far away from me. Yeah, yeah. You want to, okay, so you've got a healthy respect for yeah, yeah, yeah. like human beings shouldn't muck with nature. No, I definitely not. Interesting. And what about pets? What, what do you think of the relationship of man and like Basically, now we're crafting them to be our things, right? Man and beast. But now we've taken wolves, which you've got a bust-down ring of, and we've mm -hmm. turned them into things we can put in our purses. And, and we've done that deliberately, by the way. Yeah. What, what do you think of that? Is it weird? Is it weird that people are… Well, when you think about it like that, then yes, it, it is a bit weird. But I don't know. They, they've, they've been a human staple for quite some time. 
yeah, people just want to control stuff. I've, like my the obsession with pets is is a very interesting dynamic for me. And so I love nature. I'm quite like I'm not really a, I need to go to the bush kind of person. I I, I more prefer in mountains, and I, I do want us to figure out the relationship with with nature better, which which I think people are are starting to do, and not fast enough, but we're starting to do it right. Mm. So I, I love nature. With the with the opposite again there. Not afraid of it. I don't mind any animals. Love snakes. Love it. I, I'm I'm Steve. I'm Steve Irwin without being Steve Irwin. You know what I mean? I, I'm I'm big on that. So interesting way to the view, to view the world. Uh, Ryan, we're going to talk about a little bit about Rudiger and Christensen. I want to tell you why they are not going to win the battle with Chelsea. There, it's going to be a very interesting situation as that draws out uh, the contract battle. We'll talk about Coutinho. I'll tell you why I think there's a good le- lesson to be learned for young players. Um, with the journey of Felipe Coutinho. And then we'll talk a little bit about AFCON. Um, but Ryan, you got some breaking news in the sporting world. What you got, pal? Yes. Yes. Go ahead. So, I'm just going to bring it up. Unfortunately, for me, or for us, actually, Aston Villa has agreed uh, a $25 million fee with Everton for Lucas Digne. Incredible result there, right? Lucas Digne uh, flying left back uh, from a former Everton captain at a stage, got weird it's there. Too bad. Um, mm. Former Barcelona and indeed French left back. Um, so very interesting situation there with Lucas Digne. Uh, he's had a very, very interesting career, right? It didn't work out uh, early on in his life. He bounced around a bit in uh, Barcelona and he obviously the problem is he got there and then yeah, they got a guy called uh, Jordi Alba, who's not bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be tricky. And uh, yeah, that didn't quite work out. And uh, he's got a bit of a prickly personality. He's had some stuff in the past with coaches and teams. And he, he is a fiery uh, character. You can see he's got the arm sleeve, which lets you know exactly what we're waiting for there. So, but, but ultimately, and his other problem is he's been extremely injury prone in his career. So, Very much so. So yeah. now you're a, you're taking on a guy who's got um, an attitude, which he does, and and injury prone, bad combination. And it's very tough to keep that type of guy around. But his talent, and they'll always do this in sport, right? Is that talent versus production, right? It, it, it's it's a, sorry, it's a production tolerance thing, and in sport they just want to win. If you've got talent, they'll give you a chance regardless of your attitude. So, personally, I think a dollar, uh, a dollar, a bullet dodged um, by Chelsea. But Ryan says no, terrible. The, uh, Aston Villa and Aston Villa are assembling a squad there, bro. I was just gonna say the other. It's not really breaking now, but obviously you spoke about it earlier. Coutinho, it's official. There's sh- pictures of him in the in the shirts now for Aston Villa as well. So now we have Lucas Digne and Coutinho, which are major signings under Stevie G, by the way. So, so, hey, it shows you. The manager has a pull. So now, think think about it like this, right? We don't just have your Manchester United, Chelsea, Man City. Now, I mean, I think we can count um, Manchester... Um, City. Yeah, no, the other one. So United. We can count them out. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, now we have to start looking out for... We, we obviously saw... Um, Newcastle's coming through, yeah. which we've been speaking about for quite a while. And now we have Aston Villa as well. So Aston Villa, very interesting situation there. But uh, two different guys that are billionaires are the owners there. Uh, I think they are the fourth richest ownership group in the Premier League, by the way. Often ignored that they've got... And listen, that that part of the country, the Premier League will support Aston Villa. You know why? So if you, if you don't know this... Uh, and by the way, part of my problem with... <laughs> 
some of the stuff we were talking about earlier on, Ryan, me getting out of hand is this, this part of the world uh, called Birmingham. Of course, England's second city, the party capital of Great Britain, right? There's a reason Jack Grealish is Jack Grealish. There's a, they call them Brummies out there, right? Uh, so if you're a shout out to you, if you're in the UK and you know, you've met a Brummie before, but Villa is a, uh, Villa, uh, Jack Grealish is the ultimate Brummie. So what you see there, that's Brummie and it, he, he can't hide it. He's just a lad's lad, but a party city, but it's one place where the Premier League wants that market. Birmingham is an incredible city. Listen, London sorted, right? Chelsea, Arsenal, Brentford, you know, Crystal Palace, Arsenal. I, I mean, London is the king, whether you like it or not. They, they say everybody wants to live in London, but play football. Or everyone wants to live in the South, but play football up North is what they say. Uh, the real footballers are played in Manchester and Liverpool. They'll tell you it's a running joke. Mm. But Birmingham is an important city economically. It's the second city in the economic hub of the world, which is England at the moment. London, of course, economic hub of the world at the moment as it stands. But Birmingham was supposed to be Birmingham City. And we know Aston Villa is actually the bigger club because they've won in Europe. They have Champions League titles uh, back in the day or European Cup. So a fantastic signing. And it's, it's great to see Birmingham getting a club. And Aston Villa, by the way, I know it's difficult because they're not an Instagram club. They, they aren't big now. But Aston Villa are part of the stable of Blue Bloods. They are Champions League. And you go to the 80s, um, 70s, 60s, proper, proper, proper club. Right there with Liverpool, right there Wasn't with Manchester Gareth United. Gareth Barry the captain? He was. The great ba- Gareth Barry went on to Man City to achieve the unthinkable and, and a great player, an mm. underrated player, but a pr- certainly a Premier League great, uh, the great Gareth Barry. And they had a time under Martin O'Neill and a, a guy I was really lucky to see for about 15 minutes while I was at Watford, a guy called Ashley Young, uh, went on to have tremendous success there before he went to Manchester United. Um, and under Martin O'Neill, remember they were top, Perennial top six finishes. So great to see uh, some of the staple um, Premier League clubs coming back. And Stevie G, although, listen, everybody just presumes because he's Stevie G and he was successful at Rangers. You've seen it with other managers now. You saw it with Lampard, what yeah, happened. I was going to say. Was that it's all good and well when you've got players who think you're an, you're an idol. Once you start to get talent and you get the younger players. By the way, Lucas Dina probably, I mean, Stevie G is a legend. But these young players, they don't know who Steve Gerrard is. Like, like they're obsessed with themselves. Lucas Dino will tell you who do he talking about. I am about Paul Pogba. I got a sleeve. Yeah, you know I'm saying. So we saw with Lampard how he struggled. Is once you get the talent, there's something about talent that people keep forgetting. You have to manage it. So the the Stevie G, I'm Stevie G vibes. That doesn't work. It only works for a short period of time. And you saw it with Lampard, right? When the kids were playing in the first season, they came top four when they never should have with Tammy Abram and Mount in his first season and James in his first season. It was just, no joy. it was children, but because they looked at Lampard as a legend and then ZH came and then Werner came and then Tiago Silva came. You, you, you know what I mean? And then he struggled because it's, it's not Lampard's fault. He's not ready for the job. So we'll see Stevie G, Rangers. Aston Villa, two different beasts, my friend. Yeah. So l- l- let's not get caught up in the vibe that Stevie G on vibes is going to manage this. Let's see. And by the way, Leon Bailey, who's a prickly character and enigmatic, is already there. How does it work for him? By the way, he's a big money signing. Now you bring in Coutinho, who plays his position. What happens there? How do we sort that dynamic out? So let's see. Can Coutinho move into the midfield as he did at Liverpool 
2016-17. Now we'll talk about him. And can can they make it work? Stevie G, you're on the clock. The thing about billionaires, right? And you saw it with Roman Abramovich. I think people must realize this. Abramovich kicked Lampard out twice. Yeah. Lampard wanted a longer contract as a player. Roman said, I love you, bro, but... Uh, yeah. In fact, you, you know why Roman wins, and, and we'll talk about it with Rudigan Christensen, is he likes everybody. He doesn't love anybody, which is what institutions... And if you run a company, I, I know it's a new age of, res- like, your people must love where they work or whatever. If you run a business, and I run, I run two businesses of my own, which I'm trying to get off the ground. So let me tell you something. As an employer, it's not my job to fall in love with employees. I know all employees want to hear that your boss loves you or whatever, but my real job is to love my business. I need to be able to, to keep moving, and that's Roman Abramovich to a T, isn't he? Like Roman, Man City ownership, and it's the reason Manchester United and, and uh, Arsenal haven't been able to move on is they fell in love with Fergie and Arsene Wenger. Mm. Your job is to make sure that the organization is fine, and Roman is the best at it. Like, he likes everybody. He doesn't love anybody. Man United fell in love. Arsenal fell in love. Where are they now? But, I mean, we also need to give credit to some of the smaller clubs as well. You've seen how harsh – well, I don't say just because they're harsh, but you've seen when something doesn't work for them, like um, like Wolves or um, – what's that other – Watford. Who Shakiri used to play for, not before – Stoke. Uh, yeah, Stoke. Those kind of guys, like – they will drop you. Yeah. Even even Leicester, they dropped um, Claudio Ranieri. Uh, Ranieri, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he got them their first Premier League win. The most ever. Five thousand to one odds, by the way. Insane. Yeah, oh, that was insane. That and, was... and and they dropped him happily. And they even bought Bocelli to sing. <laughs> Did you ever see that when Bocelli came and it was it was a whole thing? No, I saw. I also heard that they all got like um, nice cars. Oh yeah, the owner. The, like they bought. All, I think they're worth a million each. They all got the same car. Yeah, that, that, and that previous owner, they just loved him, eh? They, like, he was a, he was a proper lad's lad, and he, listen, Leicester's probably the best run institution outside of the, uh, Chelsea and Man City. I would imagine so. No, well, look at their signings. They just keep, keep making them, like, indeedy. Everyone is like, oh, they'll never replace N'Golo Kante. Ah, oh, never, don't even worry about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and, but also, l- look at how they treat their players. Jamie Vardy could have his pick of the clubs right now. There's a reason why I sing at Leicester. No, it's uh listen, you gotta treat people well, but don't fall in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 but I'm saying they 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 do the job well of these are the players, these are the coaches. We're not happy with the coaches, we'll drop you. Yeah. But the players we still need to keep happy because we want them here. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh it's Jamie Vardy could go anywhere he wants. It's sorry turned thirty five the other day. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. He's uh he's an awesome example. What a career. What if his documentary by the way, it came from Fleetwood Town to the Premier League. How insane wow. is that? I saw, uh, now I don't have the list on me now, but there was a list. You know, he's officially like one of the highest scoring players in the, that the Premier League has ever seen. Well, sure. Beating Cristiano Ronaldo, beating Wayne Rooney, beating... Well, no, not Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney's the uh, third highest goal scorer. Oh, he's the third highest. Or second highest goal scorer. In Sorry, I need to have this list in front of me. Yeah, but, you should get the list in front of me. But... Uh, <laughs> Some of the biggest names are on that list. No, he's a proper, and, and it's, it's a proper fairy tale story. So shout out to uh, Santiago Munez, of course, if you haven't seen the, the, the goal trilogy. Um, so he's Santiago Munez. You haven't seen goal, hey? No. Oh, Ryan has there a treat for you. Maybe. Need to add it to my list of the movie. Yeah, a football film. Guy is at Newcastle 
and he he signs eventually for Real Madrid. It's, it's an incredibly, terribly written and put together film. And the guy is clearly not an athlete, but you got to watch it just because it's football vibes. You know what I'm saying? So it's a goal. It, it's it's one of the most awesome, terrible movies of all time. You, you know, there's some of those like like this movie so terrible. It's you have to watch it. Like Tropic Thunder. No, that's. I think that's got satire perfect. Uh, this is. <laughs> It's got David Beckham in it, uh, Zinedine Zidane in it. Yeah, it's a uh, so gold. You got to watch the gold trilogy. I think available on YouTube. It's gotten so um, so hectic. Anyway, um, so yeah, Dinia, huh? Dinia, Coutinho. I wonder who else he's got lined up. Oh no! Now Villa are going to drop their BBW left back. Which is? Uh, I forget what his name is. There's uh, the next Newcastle signing. <laughs> All right, well, well said. All right, let's talk a little bit about Chelsea. Um, obviously, Rudiger and Christensen right now are trying to hold Ra- uh, Roman Ransom. Ah, uh, I don't. They can't do it. So, before we get into it, Ryan, let me tell you my thoughts. Uh, the older I get, the more I realize this is true. So, I genuinely believe people don't change. People don't change. But the best way to predict the future. Is to predict is look at the past, and I know it's painful for people to hear because you know you read Instagram and Twitter and whatever, and people say, "Ah, I've changed." You haven't changed. People don't change at the very core, right? And one thing that's interesting in businesses, clubs, which are businesses, is that all clubs become the personality of their ownership, just like all businesses. Because businesses are living, breathing things. And in order to win, you have to impose yourself on the environment. Google imposed themselves on their employees. Yes, they've got nice offices. Yes, there's this. But there's very, very high standards. They don't just let anybody come and work at Google. Right? So all clubs eventually embody their ownership. One thing that's true about Roman Abramovich is that he's not a doting person. He's not, a, he's, not, he's not a mother figure, right? He will move on. Like Roman Abramovich, I remember when John Terry left. I remember when Ricardo Cavalier left. I remember when Iron Robin was chopped. I remember people going, what will Chelsea do? Roman Abramovich fired Phil Scolari. What's he doing? Carlo Ancelotti after doing an FA Cup and League double. What's he doing? Jose Mourinho after winning the title twice in a row. Roman said, this thing's over. Get out of here, pal. He fired Frank Lampard after 18 months. He fired Roberto Di Matteo six months after Roberto Di Matteo had won a FA Cup and Champions League double. Roman Abramovich is not in the falling in love business. He's in love with Chelsea. And what these two men are going to find out is that billionaires are smarter than millionaires. I know it's hard for people because you support players, but billionaires will always win. And let me tell you something. Mutu, Lampard, Peter Cech, Iron Robin, all harshly treated to the point where Adrian Mutu, go and look this guy up. He left Chelsea because he was on drugs, all right, taking cocaine and other narcotics. Roman Abramovich is still pursuing Adrian Mutu to this day. I believe it was about 20 million pounds for the contract, for defaulting on his contract. Roman Abramovich is worth a reported 12 billion pounds. He's still pursuing $20 million or, or 20 million pounds. That's the type of person you're dealing with. Cold, 
calculated. And what Roman will not have, and what all rich people hate, it's kind of like, I've used this example a lot. You know, if you cheat on your girlfriend or wife, the cheating is secondary. What they hate even more is, don't ever show me up in public. Don't make me look like a mumish in public. Billionaires hate that. And if Rudiger and Christensen think they're going to drag this thing out and they're going to make Robin, uh, excuse me, um, Roman look weak in public, there's another thing coming because all billionaires have an ego. All of them. That's the only way you become a billionaire. You need a next level ego to be a billionaire. And you got to be, listen, you have to trample on people's heads to get there. It's just how it works at the moment. Perhaps the next generation of billionaires can be the nicest people in the world. The great thing about Chelsea is they are not romantic. They are not in love with any place. Lampard, move on. Drogba, move on. Lukaku will move you on again. They just do not care. They are about Chelsea Football Club. Over the last 20 years, I've watched Roman Abramovich let players go, let managers go, and I've watched trophies come in. So I've got news for Rudiger and Christensen is that I know they think we are European champions. I know they think that. But so was Gary Cahill, so was David Luiz, so was Raul Mareles, so was Paula Ferreira, so were all these guys. And Roman did not blink, and Chelsea are the most successful club in England over the last 21 years. You don't have to like what I'm saying. It's go and look at the trophy count. Go and look at the trophy count. Man City are the only comparable club to Chelsea over the last 20 years. Roman Abramovich, not a romantic. I think if Rudiger and Christensen... Push it too far. I expect Christensen at this stage to be sold in the summer window because he's a year away. So he's 18 months out with his contract. And generally, clubs don't like to let players get into the last 18 months of their contract because this happens. So you'll often see with players, once it touches on that 18-month mark, they start negotiating with him because they know once a player drags it out and it gets close to that six-month mark, there's something called the Bosman ruling. If you don't know what the Bosman ruling is, once you have six months or less on your contract, as Rudiger does, you can start negotiating with other clubs. You, you don't need to, you're not under a contract anymore. If you want to find out about the Bosman ruling, just go to YouTube and go to TIFO podcast and you'll understand why uh, Mark Bosman uh, started this movement, which gave players a little bit more freedom in their eyes. So um, for me, Roman Abramovich, I'm not worried about Rudiger. Because he's fine. He, he'll be all right. He's, he's, he's sorted. I am worried about Christensen uh, because I don't know how he sees it going. And, and listen, brilliant player. Brilliant young player. Chelsea Academy graduate. Uh, he was at Gladbach for two years on that loan. But I do worry about what's next for him. Because I think at some stage, and it's coming soon, Chelsea have already offered the contract that they believe they'd verbally agreed with him twice. And all of a sudden, he did an about about turn. It's going to be a very long way back with Roman. And I just don't know if people like Roman are forgiving. So just your thoughts there, Ryan Tinline. I know you love Christensen. I do love Christensen. I think he's a great one – of, one of the greatest um, defenders we've had sure. in a while. And the thing is, our defense is getting old. And we need to start, like, handing over to – to the younger players because Azbilicueta can't be captain for much longer and he's talking about leaving at the end of the season as well by the way yeah. there's a good chance so, he'll be at Atletico Madrid is, is what it looks like he's in the last six months of his deal as well I think that's a good move for him 
because the thing is, he's played the Premier League. He's been captain. He's played so well at Chelsea. Legend. Seven million pounds he cost. He's, he's, he's an insane player. His work ethic is on point. One of the nicest guys I think you'll ever meet. Not that I've met him, but he yeah. just looks like that kind of guy. Yeah. And so now we're in this vulnerable stage of Rudiger is getting a bit older in the sense that he may want to explore other places. We have Azblaqueta, may want to, you know. Now we have Christensen, who's young. These guys could take on roles of captaincy if they actually play their cards right. But again, it goes back to the ego, you know. And I just think Christensen's been an academy guy for so long. He should know how this works. So if he's smart, he'll he'll come to terms with Roman. But I don't know. We need to start getting our, our defense back because we can't keep going back to people like Alonso, for sure. example. Yeah, like great player, but he just has his off days. Yeah, and they're very off. <laughs> When he's on, he's on. He yeah. can take free kicks. He can do the lot. But when he's off, ooh, we saw when uh, when who's who's that forward who came in? M- Morata mm-hmm. came in. Then he just sort of fell off. And then he had w- when he was playing with Costa, he was on it. When when Morata came in, different story. So now, yeah, I don't know. We need to start handing a little more responsibility to our younger players. You know, people like Reese James. Those kind of guys. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, so tricky. What would you do if... Because the thing is, if I... you saying Asmilicuetz is going to leave. I think it's a good move for him. Christensen, I don't think it's a good move for him. Uh, Rudiger, I think it's a good move. I think Rudiger's okay because it's a legacy move for him. And I, I, under, I almost understand why Rudiger wants the bag. It's his last big contract. He's 31 now. He wants to, he wants to secure the bag. You know what I mean? And he's got Champions League. Exactly. And he's got Premier League. No, um, no, no, no Premier the, League. He's got Premier League. No, he wasn't in that 20, side. 2016, 2017. He wasn't here. Yeah, no, no, that Aspilicueta was in that, that mix. That was, that was Antonio Conte. He wasn't in that Antonio Conte setup. That's the last time Chelsea won the league, which is a while ago now. It's, six, it's nearly six years. Oh, Longest Chelsea crazy. have gone under Roman without a Premier League title. But, you know, uh, he, listen, either way, he's got his Champions League. He's got his cups. He's, he's, He's established. He's a proper guy, and he's he's global now. He's world class, and Chelsea have done that for him. He doesn't have to prove anything, and no, no, and, no. and he now he's he's ready to negotiate that deal. Christensen's an interesting one, right? And we'll talk about Coutinho in a little bit. But the thing about Christensen's situation is that the thing is, I, I think when we leave home, all of us, and again, we can't see this when we're children. If you if you come from a family home which is um, stable, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody will ever treat you as well as your mom and dad. But but you have to get into the working world to realize, oh flip, I'm not the center of these people's world. Yeah. But when you are at home, you don't realize that because because children are the center of the home. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending or whatever you think of that, you know, parents don't work as hard as they do purely for themselves. They want to get their kids in a certain school. They want to take you on a holiday. They want to make sure you're in a safe home. They want to, you, you know what I mean? They, yeah. they, they work largely for you. So you become, if not the center of the home, at least co-center. You, you know, when you leave home, employers don't care who you are. They don't care who your dad is. Get the hell out of here. You, you know what I mean? Pitch up for mm. work on time. Christensen must be very careful because he's only ever known the comfort of Chelsea. And they would have tolerated certain things. A growth period. 
when you go to Real Madrid, Eden Hazard, already the white handkerchief's first season out. Fall in. So you must be very careful, Christensen, of trying to be happier than happy. Chelsea, listen, like you say, he stays at Chelsea. They will, you always treat your own better. It's just how it is in life. Like, Ryan, I think you're an awesome dude. I'll never treat you as well as my sister. It's courtesy. But do you, you, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even if you're my dude, I'm not going to, no, it's, I'm not going to treat you as well as my sister. No way. There's just no way you have access to that part of my soul. Christensen can have that. And why look for the short, short term money? You've got a, a fifth, you've got two more contracts left. And also don't antagonize Roman Abramovich is, is what I would advise him. But the problem is it's not just him. It's his agent. And he's going to tell you, ah, you know what? Quarterfinals of Euros. Plus I'm one of your own. Pay me properly. How, Cause he'll, he'll tell you, how can you pay Tiago Silva that money? He's not even from here. You, you know, his argument as young people, because I'm your own child. Are you, why are you so nice to the neighbor's child? Mm. Which is, he must be very, very careful because I think you just don't antagonize billionaires because you've got a long life. Like Christensen must just look, look into that. But footballers now, there's agents, there's all sorts of things involved. And Christensen already accomplished and also rare, by the way. There's no great center backs coming through. He can play holding mid as well, by the way. Yeah. You saw what he did for Denmark in the Euros. No, he's the same. So, but they won't win. Do not antagonize Roman Abramovich. You won't win. And the, I believe Rudiger is gone. And I think uh, Christensen, listen, these stories are coming from somewhere, right? And they say he has, he, he's reneged on the, on the contract they verbally agreed to. And if billionaires hate something is if they've agreed something and you try and pull the carpet from under them, billionaires will not be made to look bad. Cause you, you know, on the gram, it's like, Oh man, you beat the system dog. Hey, you, you know how your supporters will gas you. <laughs> Roman says, I'm going to show this. The thing is with billionaires, you never know what opportunities they're going to block for you. Yeah. You might think, Oh, I've won the Twitter argument. Cause that's what the youngsters are into now. Antonio Brown, Kyrie Irving, I don't know Christensen. He doesn't seem that busy. You know what I mean? People now, Novak Djokovic, he wants to win Twitter. Billionaires go, ah, you can, you can listen to your Twitter fans. Is <laughs> you will have no business opportunities because Roman's going to block it. He, he's, 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 you know, he bought himself a Portuguese citizenship. For goodness' sake, you think he, he's not going to make life awkward for Christensen? Love to know what you think. It's the MKT show. Uh, Christensen, Rudiger, are you a Chelsea fan? Would you have them at your club? By the way. If you support Man United, you might support, you, you know, you might actually need a centre-back that's proper and not Harry Maguire being in Mykonos, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to Harry dominating the clubs in, on the Greek islands, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the MKT show. Uh, on the other side, we've got plenty more. We've got some social media coming up. We've got, uh, we'll chat about Coutinho on the other side as well. MKT show. You know how great it is to have AFCON on here, right? It has been fun, hasn't it? Yeah. It's been awesome. It's been awesome. AFCON. I, I feel like the world's getting into it a bit more now that a couple of like the superstars have played. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of disappointing to see those empty stands in, in a couple of the games. I wonder... I'll have a look into that. Uh, I lost some journalists because... Is it a COVID thing? Is it just... Cameroonians are back at work. 
That's what I also want to know. Cause Maybe I, the- I would be there. I'd imagine we were there, dude. I'd give anything to be in Cameroon right now. Hey, it looks like such a vibe. It does look like such a vibe. But like you're saying, it's 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 unfortunate that the stands are empty. Because I the I, first game was full. Yeah. Well, it was it was the host nation. Yeah. yeah. You, you know what it might be, and I think I don't know why we didn't go here immediately. It's hard to travel now. Like, imagine if you're from Gabon, and now you got to what do COVID protocols, and also you can't really invest money if you're a fan right and mm. then and then covid chops you at the knees you know what i mean like like it, it's expensive to go to these things you, you know and africa unlike europe you know because everyone immediately is going to go oh yeah but every game at euros was full but there aren't you, trains like in europe no but also like besides that i mean african travel is fine if you're in the west you're fine it, the thing is this africa's massive <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Europe, you could fit on the back of a two-rand coin. It's tiny. You, you know what I mean? You, you can drive through four or five countries in one day in Europe and mm. still get there at, at sun up to the, to the fourth country. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what I'm saying? That's so true. so ma- the complications of COVID in Africa, outside of the economic uh, uh, side of things, you know what I mean? Just the, just the logistics. Hey, traveling Africa and America when there's no COVID – was mental. <laughs> they they just massive countries. The scale. It's tough to explain to European people how many of their countries could fit into South Africa in terms of land mass, right? Sure. Like, I think it's like 20 European countries could fit into – and more. I, I, I remember seeing a map, uh, you know, when they fit countries into something. Like all these countries could fit into South Africa. I think it was like 20. So that's just us. <laughs> Forget Sudan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, forget Chad. Forget these monster <laughs> land masses you have to travel across. And there's COVID now. So I- imagine you're from Ethiopia, right? And you've got to go all the way to Cameroon. And then you get there and you get COVID. Like, okay, flipping hell. I, I don't know how long the, the flight is. Let's say eight hours or whatever. Like, now I've spent probably a year's check that I've been saving up. You know what I mean? A year's salary to go and watch my team. And now I can't go to two of the games because I got isolated. Ugh. And it's also not as resourceful as Europe. Africa is still like in terms of public transport. Yeah. Over countries, I'm talking. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a little more difficult. Yeah, you have to fly. Like, like you can't take a train. Yeah, there's like no you, trains. Yeah, from Holland to Belgium, you take a train. Yeah. You know, you could, you could have a 15 year old just go by themselves. And there's no ocean unless you're going to travel coastal, which no, is we are very landlocked. You're you're quite right there. Yeah. So it does make things a little bit difficult. Doesn't stop us, but yeah, COVID doesn't help. Yeah, because yeah. you have to fly, and we know how strict. Because flying is a schlep right now. Oh, it's so annoying. And I know it's it's a it's a nice problem to have, I suppose, but it uh-huh. is it's an irritation to be honest. Listen, it's real life. Uh, also, because the thing is, when I flew to Cape Town, right? Yeah. This is the thing that annoys the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Is there's so many protocols followed at the airport? Sure. You know, you got to social distance here, wear your mask all the time. And then you get into a plane with like 120 people on top of each other, by the way. Yeah, basically making out with. <laughs> so you go through all that effort at the airport to social distance only to get onto a plane with like 150 people. Yeah. And just babies coughing and crying and Babies and coughing, pooping. crying and people going up and down. And you're not allowed to snack in the, in the planes anymore, by no, the way. No, no, no. They don't sell. Snacks, no. 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 Water is the only thing they give you. Yeah, oh. but I mean. Then why don't you just sell a Coke? <laughs> Come on. 
Like, are we really at this point now? Where what, what does water not encourage COVID? Look, yeah, maybe who knows? Maybe uh, the combination of um, hydrogen and oxygen um, says, "Ah, oh, COVID, get the hell out of here." I, I, I bought a snack in the airport and I took it with me on the plane, and I had to eat it like I was in MI seven, <laughs> MI six. Sorry. So, so what? Why are you on the flight? Yeah, so, so, I'd, so I'd, you're a lawbreaker, here, right? No, I'd pull my mask up. Yes. Throw a couple M and M's in there. Mask up again and chew with my mask on. Yeah, but you're not allowed it's to a bit do that. Weird. Why? What if somebody um, from airport services in South Africa hears this and then now you're not allowed to fly anymore, right? In line. <laughs> and because you, you're committing crime. Yeah, I'd hate to be like Djokovic. It tested positive and goes to an award ceremony. Yeah, and he also lied about it. I'm not, I don't know if you saw that. No, no, it came out now, breaking news. Yeah, so, so now he's admitted. He, he's admitted. He, yeah. That he broke the isolation rules. You know, when you do something like this as Novak and you, you've lied, right? When you, when you like go full douchebag and. <laughs> And then it turns out you've lied. I, I always wonder. It's it's like, do you remember Jesse Smollett? No. Jesse Smollett. The the guy who faked the, remember he, he was on, I think Power was the series. And he was the um, black gay guy. And it is important that he's black and gay. I'm not just saying it to be uh, antagonistic. They're saying that's ticks and boxes. No, well, he, he faked uh, uh, like uh, being beaten up and he came back to like a, a public place with a noose around his neck and I think he was tied up or whatever. And he oh, said, and, and he said, yeah, it was a, it was a Donald Trump supporting blah, 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 or whatever. Right. And then obviously, Hey Jesse, you live in the most advanced country in the West. Why not? So they'd be using no, a noose. N- no, there's cameras. Oh, that's true. As well. And so they got caught two Nigerian brothers. <laughs> it, it turns out by the way, it was two Nigerian brothers who he'd paid. <laughs> Oh, have you not seen the story? No, I haven't seen it. Ryan, this. you're the king of pop culture, and you, you're telling me I'm telling you this. Yeah. Je- Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett, right? Go and look this guy up. Absolute douchebag of a human. But anyway, my point was, what was hilarious was like all these big celebrities, Kevin Hart and stuff, when, when the story broke. They were siding with him. They're like, oh, can't believe it, America, or whatever. And then it turns can't out. Believe it. Can't believe uh, Yo, my ass can't believe. I can't believe that. And then it turned out he was lying. So I always wonder in this age where people just like support what feels good in the moment, like children, how do they feel now? Like, how does it feel now? All these people supported Novak, right? Oh no. Now he's come out and, and declared himself. I lied. This is the thing, right? So Australia had no legs to stand on before when they, when they treated him the way they did. Yeah. Now they've treated him exactly the way he should have been treated in, from their eyes. And he lied. And he lied. So now Australia, Holds the cards now. Because now, what he did was, he took them to court. He won. Yes. His father made a big stink up all over the internet. Yeah, and com- it's still going on. Compared him to Jesus. And now, he's admitted, oh, by the way, sorry, I did test positive and I went to an awards ceremony. I did break the COVID isolation rules. If you're a rule breaker, then you can't be in the country. And you can't be Jesus. Then Australia has every right to kick you out the way they wanted to in the first place. And you've, no. Yeah, and nail yeah. you to a cross like Jesus. Yeah. No, not really. I don't think they should do that. Right, just to be clear, I'm not saying he should be crucified. It didn't go well the first time. You no, know, it did not. He's in a book for over 2,000 years. Died twice, that guy. Incredible. Died three times, really, if you think about it. I mean. Well, to some people. Or he was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- well, no, I've confused it here. The next time he comes back, I just, I just want to be correct. It's the third coming. <laughs> I want to be correct. I want to come correct. You know what I'm saying? If you're be talking about my boy JC, is that, the next time Jesus arrives, it's the third coming. Stop saying the second coming. 
He was born first coming. He went on a bad, what I believe is a bad hiking trip. Maybe, I don't know what some stuff happened. Maybe they took some, some shrooms or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And he was behind a rock for two days, allegedly dead, but also could have just taken shrooms with his mates. Like, oh, where's Jesus? No idea. All right, well, boom, two days later. Hey, guys, what's up? Jesus, where you been? Guys, I went to up the rock, talked to my dad for a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, so he died then, according to the book. So that's two, because he came back from that. That's the second coming. And now, if he comes back again, third coming. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so you mean he is he is Novak then? Novak is the third coming. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so Novak, eh? Yeah. Wowzers. What a life, dude. I've never liked him, it's to be weird, honest. But you, you know what? There's a point of, I don't like someone. But when you, but you always need to be careful with people in life, right? Is the ones who are always in your face about how good they are. It's always why I like, I'm super suspicious of um, religious figures and religious people in general. Mm. And, and there's, listen, there's a, there's a certain religious person. So I'm not saying all religious people, but there's a certain religious person who immediately, when they say I'm like, they introduce themselves as, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian or I'm a, you know, I'm a son of God or daughter of God or whatever. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. Because immediately what they're saying is I'm better than you. Those types of people like Novak, when they come out strong like that, you know, like, oh, you, what is wrong with you? Why did you support Jesus? Why? Those people like Novak, when he comes out strong, got to be careful. Like if you're a good person, most of the genuinely good people I know don't have to tell you they're a good person. The people who are like, I'm Jesus Christ, always be careful. And here's Novak, right? And this this thing of Novak being excused for what his dad says. No, you don't get to that level without controlling the narrative and controlling what people say around you, by the way. Mm. So he knew what was da- his dad was going to say. He knew. Because he could have shut that down very early and asked his dad to apologize if he didn't agree with that narrative. Yeah, no, he ran with it. Please do not think Novak Djokovic is not in control of that entire team. Please don't think that. Do no, not. He, he's... Despite what most might think, including myself, he's actually a smart guy. No, he's he's the greatest tennis player of all time. You you don't get to that level without working the system and, and, and controlling your environment to a T. You know what I'm saying? See, this, this all comes back to exactly what I was saying before, where if you want to participate in such tournaments where there's such money, there are, there are certain um, requirements – that you need to follow. Sure. And it's not just you. It's not about you. Like what what Australia did by giving him that that visa bypass was saying this tournament's about you, which was number one their first mistake. They should have stuck to their guns. But if you're gonna if you're gonna play and, and he's very eligible to win that money, by the way. And you've always said athletes are underpaid. Yes. So if he's gonna be making money to that degree I believe then you should follow certain certain uh, requirements. Who are you? You know, personally, right? I also want to remove any sort of being an adult and and sort of philosophical thought and and, and all smart people. Personally, you know why I hate what Novak's doing. Why? Because sportsmen always get spoken about as numbnuts. All he's doing is feeding into the narrative of they're just a bunch of overpaid idiots, uh, grown-ups playing a a children's game, and they shouldn't be paid this much, right? All he's doing is feeding into that narrative. And because I have to be honest, I worship sportsmen. 
I worship sport. It is my thing. That it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Like I'm not very good at anything else. I don't I don't understand or connect with anything else. Chemistry a little bit. I mean, I love the sciences, but you know, sport is it for me. And na- Novak is feeding into the nar- like the high minded hoity toity people's narrative of they're just a bunch of monkeys who just perform, and all they can do is 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 be numb nuts that can run around. You know what I mean? They got no brains. And it's weird that he's doing it. He's been like the new Andy Murray. Like everyone used to rag and I liked Andy Murray. Yeah. He kind of added a flair to to the game. Yeah. Even though he had a bit of a foul mouth. I Scottish, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? But that's <laughs> the thing. It was fun watching him play. It was fun watching his reactions. His, and his now, mom's and like the Amanda Stavely of tennis. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> uh but that's the thing. Andy Murray, I remember um, when when my cousin's grandfather was was around, he would sit and watch sports at every bar we used to go into. And when Andy Murray came into the scene, didn't like him. He said he has no respect for the sport, and just a foul mouth, fair weathered, you know, really ripped him. But I thought it was funny because he got that kind of reaction out of someone, and that's what a sport needs. That's why people don't like Max Verstappen because the man brings the flair, he brings his personality to it, which has been a pretty um. What's what's the word for Formula One? It's been a pretty restricted sport. Like, you know, you put your head down, you do the stuff, and that's it. Sure. Now Max Verstappen comes in. He's adding his own personality to it. But that's what makes it fun. And I think it's why people didn't like Lewis as well. He's from fashion. Yeah. And, you know, Bernie Eccleston said, hey, I'm getting behind this guy. This, this is awesome for the sport. I'm I'm not a fan of, of him myself, but mm. I can see why people like him as well. Yeah. He's not just a guy putting his head in the garage and, and on, on the track. He's sure. a personality. And so now Novak is making Andy Murray look good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be clear, I think Andy Murray had that great sportsman and and pros pro right, but best he, of the best. Yeah, but he had that, like you're saying, <laughs> yeah. So he had that, and he was unbearable. And then he went a bit woke for a while. I was like, oh, Andy, do us a favor, man. But now he's coming up morally, <laughs> morally correct. Yeah, if you, yeah, if I feel you. you. So now it's. Yeah, he's feeding into that narrative that you say you hate so much. He's feeding into that, you know, sportsmen are stupid and overpaid idiots. And he, he, again, the sad thing with Novak is there were so many, there were so many better ways to deal with this. <sighs> Even if you want to make your point, Novak, th- there's so many ways. He, he could have gathered a team and just thought, guys, what's the way to make our statement? Like, l- let's take a few suggestions because I, I hate, I'm not getting vaxxed. I hate what they're doing. Let's pay six of the best lawyers in the world. Here's $2 million. Go and find the, you know, the real guys. Don't play around. Go get whoever, uh, it was, was Kim Kardashian's dad. Is he still alive? Uh, yes. So go get him. Oh, wait. I don't think so. But anyway, go Sorry, get. Sorry. Wrong dad. Yeah. I was thinking. Sorry. Yeah, that's sorry. I was no, about, you, no, you don't have to be sorry. I was thinking about the Olympian. No, no, no. Do you, don't don't <laughs> explain it because then you're gonna have to be sorry. You're not wrong. Fair enough. There's been two fathers die, and I hear I hear with it. <laughs> Caitlin Jenner, shout out to what you're doing for the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but that's what I would have done. Or or you know what? Who am I to tell Novak what how to handle it? All I'm saying is I know 
there, there was so many other ways he could have handled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, his dad took to the streets the very first minute he got. They marching in Serbia. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. No, because they, because his father went off as, as one would. I, I would assume from his team. No, you should he protect said, your son. No, no, no. But he didn't. He didn't say it was about his son. He said this is an attack on Serbia as a country, and I'm like. I'm sorry, where did that come up? Serbia hasn't popped up once in this whole thing. Well, it's important to give the context of Serbia, right? And um, is that they feel much maligned. Uh, when you go back even to the split of the USSR and the way uh, things w- uh, transpired after Gorbachev, I don't really want to um, bore people with a history lesson because I don't know how many people listen to this show for history. I'm saying, right? I just want to hear a bunch of meatheads talk about um, cricket and, and football. But... Serbia, with all their civil wars, um, you know, the Bosnia situation has still lingering effects. And when you um, when you think of how that went, and you you, you see it's Mont- there's Montenegro now, if you you know the history, is that Serbia has always had this chip on its shoulder, and particularly that that Baltic region, but Serbians especially have a chip on their shoulder for how the Western world views Serbians. And Serbia feels attacked even within the Baltic region as maligned by Russia um, and, and, of course, with the conflicts um, of the past. So Serbia always walks around with a chip on its shoulder, sort of, sort of Paul Pogba vibes, you know, like I'm always – or, in fact, no, that's unfair. Balotelli vibes. You know, why always – they've got the why always mean from the context of their history. So Serbians always feel attacked and mm. – like, listen, I got Serbian friends. There's no expl- There's no talking them off the ledge. Like, I've tried to like see it from their side. I was in Serbia. You try and talk to the intellectuals, and they try and explain it to you. Like, you know, personally, I like Serbians in general because I like edgy people. Um, but edgy doesn't mean you get to be a, a douchebag, and they have a certain <laughs> chip on their shoulder. So, Novak Djokovic, you, you've also got to understand, Novak to the Serbians is Jesus. Like yeah. I, I know it sounds hilarious. No, because he's he's one of the biggest athletes to come out of the country and, and a war torn country as well. You know what I mean? It's it's not like he's coming from like Liechtenstein or, or or Luxembourg or or Switzerland. You know where things are fine. It's like okay, well, who cares? We have Roger Federer. We we're still the best at making watches. We've got other stuff. Serbia on the international stage ain't got much going on. Yeah, and and still in conflicts, by the way. So it thing, things are difficult. And when things are hard, you're looking for a savior. And my God, for Novak to come out of that country and become the best ever, it doesn't happen. Did you see he did put an, put an apology out to Australia? You're joking. Yeah. He said he, he apologizes. It was human error. And I quote verbatim, human error. Next time he will double check the paperwork before he gets on a plane. But the, you, you know what's happened though? Yeah, because now he's been caught with Some, the tail between his legs. Somebody said to him, you know what? We don't know this. Probably should have done some research before the show. Yeah. But I would like to know when the apology came out. Because there was, a, quickly Google there was a point where somebody in his legal team would have said, Novak, that lie is going to come out now. We have to get ahead of it. You, you need to, you know, should, should we put something together? You, you know what I mean? Is... He's not apologizing because he wanted to. You, you, you know, there's different apologies in life, right? There is there's genuinely apologizing, right? And that is, I'm sorry for what I did, right? 
and you take on all the responsibility of that. But there's also a different apology. And often, I know I'm like this, or have been at least in the past. I'm not very good at saying sorry. I don't like the word sorry. I prefer to behave sorry. It's what I believe, but okay, I'm not, uh, I don't want to get pious about it. But there's a different kind of sorry. There's, I'm sorry for what I did. That's actually apologizing. But then there's a special kind of sorry. And we often hear this one, right? There's a lot of people who say, or, or at least behave this way. They say sorry, but what they mean is, I'm sorry I got caught. Yeah. Which is not an apology. <laughs> like, I'd do it again, is what they're saying. It's just that, ah, oh, damn it, I got caught this time. So I almost feel like that's the thing with Novak, but I would have to know when he apologized. Did the so like. eight hours ago, this article came out. That he, he, are there quotes from Novak? There is. It says, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. Oh, right, let's hear it. My agent sincerely apologizes for the administrative mistake in ticking the incorrect box about my previous travel before coming to Australia. This was a human error and certainly not deliberate. We are living in challenging times in a global pandemic, and sometimes these mistakes can occur. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he, he didn't write that. <laughs> he didn't no, write no, that. No, no, that's straight from uh, – that's gone through about six PR people. <laughs> human error, he says. So, human error. You know where that one gets weird? Like, why didn't you just tell people that you had COVID then? Oh, why didn't you just apologize in the first place? No, well, yeah. But wh- why didn't you just tell people, no, I had COVID? Like, okay, cool. Uh, just so you guys know, before I come here, I had COVID. I, so me- apparently he did, but it wasn't it wasn't re- released to the public. Why not? Don't know. Because he won't get vaccinated. So obviously they'd put two and two together. Incredible. All right. Well, good luck to Novak. I mean, I don't want to give it too much more attention because... No, it doesn't need any more attention. Because it's not it's that done. interesting, actually. Like, I just want to know, is he going to play or not? No, he's playing. Novak's already playing. Is he already playing? Oh, yeah, yeah. He so won. why are we still talking about this? Well, I mean, I just, no, 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 because now he lied. Australia are not shy to go, excusez-moi, come and see us at our office. You, you, know, the, you know the school announcement. Mr. Tinlan, come to the office, please. Mr. Tinlan, Ryan Tinlan, come to the principal's office. Uh, they go, no, Novak Djokovic, Mike, come on down to the president's house. <laughs> Maybe not deported, but I think he'll be asked... More last aggressively to leave. to leave than than last time. So do you see him following through with this whole tournament or not really? What is in pulling out on his own accord? No, no, no. Being forced to. Do you think Australia is going to say, "Listen, get out of here"? Because I mean, he already took them on and won. So he's sort of he's planning to stay there. I mean, the money must be so good. He's not staying there. I mean, with all this going, he's not staying there for free. The money for this tournament must be insane. Well, no, look, it's not about the money now. Is it? You know where it gets interesting and saucy? Because Australia have to look strong now. <laughs> because you, you know what it's like. You, you ever been to someone's house where they're fighting with their girlfriend, and you try and get involved? Like, let, let's say your your best mate, and he's fighting with his girlfriend, and you defend his girlfriend or whatever. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. people are stupid enough to do that. What you don't realize. Is that your boy? It's all good and well for you to seem like the good good guy, knight in shining armor in the moment. When you leave, your mate still has to fight with his girlfriend. Yeah. So it's like the Australians have to take a position because Novak is essentially that person who's a guest and is like, oh yeah, Ryan, you should treat, treat your lady better. You, you know what I mean? In front of her to seem like the hero. But when Novak leaves, the Australian government has to fight with their people. Yeah. Because they're going to say, excuse me, we had a certain guy here. I want to go see my family in Melbourne. 
I live, I live in Perth or whatever. You know, you know, you can't get in anywhere in Australia, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're going to say, excuse me, I live in Canberra. I want to go to Melbourne. How dare you? And the Australian government will say, oh, sorry, there's restrictions. They're going to say, excuse me. And the Australians don't like the governments already. Listen, the, the prime minister is an idiot. They will say, how come you treated an outside better, outside person better than taxpayers? Yeah. How, how could you give him that, um, what do they call it? Like, like leeway. Like, yeah, like, like, it's almost like a hall pass into the country. And, and also let him stay after he lied. Yeah, yeah. Because if I'm an Australian citizen, you know what I'm saying immediately? If I don't pay my taxes, right, you don't go, ah, bit like next time, Sheila. You know what I mean? You go, well, there's a jail cell waiting for you. We'll see you there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, if I'm an Australian taxpayer, now my temperature is starting to boil. How dare a Serbian guy come and get better rights on my land where I've built a business and employ 15 people in Australia? How dare you? And it's not looking good for them already. Hey? There are businesses shutting down everywhere in Australia. No, but particularly yesterday. I don't know if you saw, saw the headlines. No. So somebody at, um, I don't know if you know um, the Australian channels, but Channel 9 is like their Australian news channel like yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, no. Sports. across australia channel nine is the channel to watch news sure and so somebody leaked a video of the presenters calling Djokovic like a complete and total idiot and that that i, I don't want to quote what they said but it was along those lines yeah, i see you next, air. i see you next tuesday which is a word they will throw around in australia yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it got leaked and now the serbians are back on the whole you know, Djokovic's father's back to try and nail uh, um, Channel 9 about it. So here's the thing, right? And um, if you don't know this, Australia and Serbia have a very unique relationship. A lot of Serbian, a big Serbian community in Australia and that, listen, migrant communities come with their own challenges, right? No matter where you are. So this is going to be such a problem across the board. Oof. Because, again, Serbians, when they travel, they're still Serbian wherever they go. They're, they're like, they keep that chip on their shoulder. Now you've got upset Serbians who live in Australia. Yeah. What about that it's side true. of things? So, um, it's just... It's just... And so that's why, like, Australian gained that leg to stand on. And then that video leaked yesterday. Now, it's a whole thing. All, you know, anyway. We don't have to get going any further into that. But that's just, you know, what's unfolding there. Australia have to stay strong here. Um, because there's no win for them. No. If they don't kick Novak out... The next year, 10 years for this government. There's no way. It, it'll affect the elections. And also sponsorships for future Australian tennis. Because now, now you're leaving the biggest star out of the, out of the tournament. Who's going to get a lot of TV time. Although I'm not sure sponsors care. They're just like, okay. You don't think so? You know what I think they're thinking is, look, let's not have this again. Because there'll be another star. The thing is, we always think <laughs> our, our one won't be replaced. There's other stars coming. Sure. There's other stars coming. Like, Novak's not... He's not the be on end Well, some might say you may never see another Novak Djokovic again, but but he'll be replaced. He'll put some marketing around somebody else. You, you know what I mean? It'll be hard because you've got to win to be marketable. That's also true. Mm-hmm. But there's Tsitsipas coming through, Zverev, the, these young kids. I don't know if they're as marketable as... Uh, listen, Novak's also marketable. Personality, right? He's dancing on the court. He's, you know, they love him. They love him. He's won, what, nine? <laughs> oh, my God. Just listen to that number. Yeah, yeah. You so love him or hate him, his tennis speaks for itself. Which is the pity. Yeah, that's the pity. Like Novak, if we just done it right, 
anyway, all right. Well, all the best to Novak. He's nobody's changing his mind, and we've seen that already. So shout out to Novak Djokovic. Mm. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Trying to trying to blow the world up, that guy, huh? And now the family, Djokovic's mother's already put together a documentary which she's releasing today. What are you talking about? Yeah, they got her into an interview room and have put together this thing. It's obviously like a quick YouTube documentary about what's going on. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, that, you know what? I'm going to watch that this weekend. <laughs> I, I cannot wait. Oh, my word. Watch them pull the war heartstrings. You think so? Oh, of course. Because I know Serbian people. Like, are they, <laughs> Serbs, I love you. I, I, I love Serbia. Listen, I, I've been to Serbia. If you're single and male, go to Serbia. Incredible looking ladies. Not yeah. such looking, good looking guys. Also, again, a little bit like Czech Republic. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not yeah. good looking guys. So Russian guys, good looking. Good-looking ladies, good-looking guys. Serbia, not so much. So it's it's a dream if you're a single man to go to Serbia. But don't get near Novak, Novak Djokovic because he'll tell you, I'm like Jesus Christ. I'm being persecuted everywhere and being given about $30 million a year. It's so tough out here for me. Uh, the MKT Show, uh, plenty to come on the other side. And I want to tell you about being happier than happy in life. You know what I'm saying? Or trying to be happier than happy in life. Okay. You ever had that issue in life where you, you try to be happier than happy? Have you, well, <laughs> yes, have, you ever, have you ever been happy in life? Yeah. Not, you know. Yeah. Been happy. Sure. I, I don't want to say I haven't because I have... I have, you know, everything I need that that I'm I'm happy with. There's there's only other things extra that maybe I wanted that maybe didn't come into fruition or whatever. Yeah. Well, have you ever burnt a situation thinking I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna leave this to go to another situation, even though you were happy in that situation, and you you go to the other situation and you're like, oh, man, I can't believe it. it looks so much nicer from the outside. No and yes. From if you ever hit the tables, you'll you'll understand. <laughs> okay. Oh, I thought this might be a deep philosophical one again. No, no, but, this is no philosophical. But we're stuck. What are we playing? P- uh, poker, blackjack, uh, r- roulette, Russian? Because that's a different roulette. You know what I'm saying? That's with a gun. Whichever one. No, it's not that you, one. You know Russian roulette. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I went blank for a second there. Yeah. So if you go to the tables. Maybe you put down some money, and I've done this before, and put 200 bucks down, come out maybe two, 2K. Mm-hmm. Like, but, but what if I win more? Oh, boy. And, and you were happy with the 2K. And I was happy with the 2K, but then it's like that thing. It's a re- return of 10X. It never happens. That's the thing. And you thought, let, let, let it ride. Yeah, and then, then you go and you, you try again. And then you, what, you walk away with nothing then? You lose n- everything. Try to be happier than happy. That's, yeah. You know who you remind me of is Felipe Coutinho. He's just signed for Aston Villa. But I think there's a good lesson for those that are willing to, to observe the lesson in Felipe Coutinho style careers. Right. And I'll tell you a quick story, real story, by the way. Um, I once 
I wasn't dating this girl, but I was I was in a situationship. Not like Will Smith. It was a, my situationship didn't come out in public. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it wasn't as bad as Will Smith. His one was on Twitter and everything. Whew. There's even petitions to keep him quiet. Are you joking? <laughs> Have you not seen that? No, I'm sure I told you about this. Tell me about it. No, there's a petition going around to get Will and Jada to stop talking about the relationship. <laughs> oh, they're saying too much. It got over 50,000 signatures. It's, it's it, <laughs> because, you, you know, and people like that are into showbiz, but, but they're just like, whoa, no, it's too much. But also, I think it just influences the future, future people. What's that? You know, because now, you, if you're going to be the poster boy of, I'm talking about Jada now, not really Will. Will was just caught up in it. <laughs> but if you're going to be the poster boy of open, open, uh, things with, with other people and, and cheating and, it's not really a good example for for uh, for kids who are on social media. Nowadays. No, but no, no, no. That that depends if you believe monogamous relationships are the way to go. So you're saying, but um, what I'm saying is these people don't want their kids to be influenced by that at all. Who? P- these people who are signing these. Oh, is that what they worried about? I just well, no, but that's what I'm thinking. Oh, I, I don't thought... think they just they're just saying shut up. I think they're actually saying you're setting a. You know, you, you, you're opening up unexplored territory. A can of worms. Yeah. W- what about the other side of that, though, Ryan? What about the, I'm into showbiz, you know, love Ryan Seacrest. Oh, my gosh. Kim was seen in a new handbag. Where? Oh, my word. You, there's those people. What about them going, okay, well, we want to know. But, n- like, with celebrity news, you almost wanted to stop at the fluffy part. You never wanted to get too real. You, you know, is that you want to suspend belief because you want to watch celebrities like you're watching a movie. Mm. You, you never want to, like when you see Kim Kardashian or whatever, you don't want to see her waking up and getting out of bed and her hair being all over the place. You want to observe her like on a set. So you, you people go, oh my gosh, do you see how good Kim looked? <laughs> you, 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 that, that's all you ever want to see. You don't want to see the because nobody cares how, how Kim looked good. They sure. care about she looks good. That, that's a movie, right? Mm. So now with the Smiths, it's like, it's crazy when you tell us, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe. But now when you say it too many times and then now you start, because when you hear it enough times, you're like, oh, what about the kids? Oh, now, now Will's looking sad on TV. And now people are like, oh. And now Willow and Jaden, how are they feeling? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. like people don't want to deal with that in the celebrity world, especially we just want our, we go to our celebrities to escape. Because we've got those problems. Part yeah. of the celebrity divide that people love is like, oh my gosh, look at his house. Like we know it, most of us will never have that. Look at his perfect family. Do you know what I'm saying? We, we want to make us escape. Don't bring us back to our problems. Cause two, I, two talented kids. You know what I mean? Because mm. my husband's cheating on me. My, <laughs> my wife is cheating yeah. on me. Don't bring that home now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I think there's another side to it. So you, I, I think... Your point is taken is I, I think there is that side. But yeah. do you think – are you open to the fact that some people are going, hey, we love celebrity news, but keep it celebrity. Don't make it real. I, I, live, in, I live real life. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I just think – And you're right. I think there is a part of the – there's the fiber, the, the fiber of human society for the con, sort of the conservative outlook. Mm. And, and there may be those people, just the wholesome mid – 
mid-American Americans who go, hey, I'm a red-blooded American, man, woman, for life, <laughs> or whatever, you know? Oh, that dog of mine. <laughs> hey, Americans do generic African accents. I think we can do a generic American accent, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm with you. So I hear you, Ryan. So, hey, Jada, stop talking, man. Yeah. And it's weird. Oh, my word. 50,000 signatures. You know, I, I guess everyone knows. I grew up in a, in a, what do you call it? A complex, in an in estate, right? Well, I lived in there for a while. And in that estate, there's, there are moms who hook up with like 18, 19 year olds. <laughs> and like everybody knows, right? In fact, it happens in every estate. There's a few estates where it happens as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and everybody knows. But it's weird because you see each other at like the clubhouse and, you know, when you live in an estate, you see each other everywhere all the time, public occasions. There's restaurants, you know, there's only one restaurant. In this one, there's three, but there was a, there was one major clubhouse, right? And I'm not shocked about this situation because I've lived the situation out before. So, so to me, must be in a hilarious situation to deal with. Like the stuff that must go on there must be crazy. Jeez. Well, you, you but know, this is this is like what we're speaking about. I don't know if we brought up on the podcast yesterday or on the live mm-hmm. with Steph Curry and Aisha. It was on the podcast. It was on the ahead. podcast. So any more? Have you have you looked up any more? No, I haven't heard any more. But I'm saying, like, is this are the press getting involved too much into these celebrities? Like, because as you say, there's there's that perfect celebrity life. Now the press is out to you know crash that perfect image. No, but again, you're just presuming that for Steph Curry, it's offensive that people find this out. And he's probably... He's it, probably chilled about well, it. Well, if he's inside of the lifestyle, he's just going, oh, man. He's probably... He's not annoyed that people know. It's just he didn't want them to find out like this. Can I tell you what? One day I've come to realize... Well, oh, I'm also just presuming that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's all just assumptions here. But one thing I've come to realize over the past couple of weeks doing this podcast is South Africa is actually very conservative extremely conservative because if this like if we had any scandals like this here it wouldn't fly you know what i mean like it's automatically like oh, how could you do that <laughs> we're very conservative i always tell people that it's i like, didn't realize that it's like one of my challenges speaking to sort of south african i mean i'm a heterosexual south african women it's like wow you're so conservative and for me it's a non-starter i'm just like mm. you know I, I know people in all sorts of setups in europe and it's a Although, having said that, the guy who started Sexpo, yeah. he said South Africa is the most adventurous sexual place of all of them around the world that he's ever experienced. He was on Gareth Cliff's show. I was on that show. So perhaps we see ourselves as that and, and maybe in sort of the performative sense, we are uh, conservative. But maybe, yeah. Like I always say, you know, Senzo Sitebe, he's got a great saying, that guy. He says, dating's not a team sport. So to add to that is that I say – and it's why I will never again get involved in a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, um, wife situation, which, by the way, I've got a whole situation unfolding, which I put on pause last year. I've, I spoke about it on the podcast enough. It's now unfolding again because now they they think it's over that now. Okay, we can talk to you now. You just said last year. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Yes, Ryan. It's that hilarious. You know the situation, huh? Not particularly. Well, you know the dynamics. Have I told you? So my friend, my boy of forever, 
Oh wait, is he is he the one who's who wants to tell this this girl? He's like going to break the news. No, which one's that? What? You said he he was going to ask her out to something, and it's going to change the whole friendship. Oh thing. no 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 no, different... no 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 no! Oh, that has feedback, by the way. Oh, oh my okay. goodness! Oh no, you're talking about a different situation. I'm talking about a situation where allegedly a friend of mine, for the second time within a year, and he's my boy, but within a year, allegedly, it's important at this point that you hear that part. Allegedly, he may. He may have played in his third kit at home, if you know what I'm saying. Hectic. Yeah, he might have been. Uh, but, but again, it's alleged. Alleged. Yeah, I, I'm not casting aspersions on people. I'm saying allegedly there may be another lady I in think, the mix. I think I do I do recall this. Yes, but, but the, the anyway. complicated part is they know my family. Yeah. And now my mom was asking Oh, yes. Like, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm in it. So anyway, whatever. That, that's its own situation, right? Now, um, the reason I'll never get involved in that situation again is that, you know, when people are out, you're only getting half of the story. You, you know, if I see you fighting with a family member or a loved one, let's use a loved one to keep the example in, is I'm only getting half the story, actually, because I don't know what happens behind closed doors. Because mm. how many times have you thought to yourself, what is he doing with her? She's terrible. She's such a wet blanket or she's such a, you know, she's got an off-putting personality. As I'm gone, getting older, having been the Mr. Comment guy like you or you chicks crazy, bro, or whatever, is I've realized, whoa, you're not in that position mm. because I don't know what she's saying to him behind closed doors. I don't know what he's saying to her. So I don't know what led to this situation that I'm seeing in public because situations from couples, they don't just happen. They're brewing. They're brewing. And you, you know when you're alone, you can be honest with someone. Like in public, we can't be honest with people. When it's just you and someone you love. And when you're with somebody for long enough, you can say stuff that, can, that only you know. And you know it pushes that button. And now you get, what, a couple of glasses of wine and people. And then now, because you're only seeing the end result. You, you didn't get, you, you know what I mean? Uh, what do we call it? You didn't see BTS. Yeah. Shout out to um, James Ilsley. BTS, he loves it. Behind the scenes. Yeah. So that's important to consider in all situations that nobody knows what's happening in Steph and Aisha's life when they close the door. You know what I mean? You're just hearing the end result. So boy, oh boy. Celebrities, huh? Yeah situations but anyway i was telling you speaking of the spotlight at the moment yeah coutinho yeah speaking of coutinho i once tried to be happier than happy and i was seeing a girl and there was i mean she was beautiful but i thought oh that that other lady now she came in the mix it's like oh she's more beautiful let me just apply for a transfer you know let me hand in a transfer request you and and i was happy and this chick was great she was fantastic Fantastic human, family, everything. Breathing. <laughs> Fantastic at breathing or just... No, just breathing. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean she was breathing, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, alive, yeah. Tick the box. No, no, definitely compass mentis as well. Uh, walking, bipedal, <laughs> you know. And yeah, I requested a transfer, blah, blah, blah. Kind of got ugly, whatever. My fault. 
But then the other situation turned out to be a complete and utter disaster. Because I tried to be happier than happy. And it's, it's what guys do, you know. And I, I think it's human nature you, to do that. Yeah. And uh, it's. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Oh, well, you know. Well, to a point. I said, don't try and be happy than happy. Because Coutinho was the king. When he was at Liverpool, there was a season where under Jurgen, he was just. He, he, he was the guy. He wasn't a guy. He was the guy. He was the guy. And after 2016, he got called back to Brazil. He was, you know, winning, uh, what's it, Copa America. He, he was doing it. He was Samba Boy. And then he decided, I want to be the king of the world. It's not enough to be the king of Merseyside. With Jürgen coming in, we're starting a revolution. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I want to go and join Barcelona. Because it's not enough that I'm happy. And they love me here. And it's one of the most storied franchises in the history of sport. No, 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 no. No, Barcelona. She's a little, she's a little blonder. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Her, her skin is a little darker. You know, I, I need, it's not enough that she's South African dark. I need Kenyan, that beautiful skin. Kenyan people, by the way, what's going on with their skincare plan? Because Kenyan people, best skin in the world. And why is it, why isn't Kenya playing in Afghan? Maybe because they're working on their skin products. You know what mm. I mean? You ever seen a Kenyan lady when her, like their skin, it's made of porcelain, like dark porcelain. Can't really have black porcelain, I don't think, but I would, it would be Kenyan porcelain. You'd think with that kind of focus, Nigeria would focus on the fax machines. Well, different country. No, well. Well, Nigerians do have great skin as well. Um, they do. But, but they, they focus a lot on skin products, but no one's Kenyan skin. Like, unbelievable. It's like, so in Argentina... Not too many black people, right? And they, they were like, people would, when, when we get a bit lit, they're like licking my face. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, it's a different place. Anyway, that's what I felt like doing when I, when I went to Kenya. I was like, how's your skin so smooth? That's unbelievable. Oh, look, you look like a, you look like a marble. <laughs> you know what I mean? You remember those marbles when they knew? Mm. They got like that purpley outside. I don't know what they're, what they're using on the surface, but, Philippe Coutinho, um, getting back to him, he tried to be happier than happy. And people always refer to, yeah, but look at Samuel Eto, look at Cristiano Ronaldo, they moved, they won. Don't make the exception the rule. They are exceptions. Very few people that I know of, Ryan, are happier in their second marriage than their first marriage. Ever, 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 ever. Of all the people I've asked about divorce, very few people. Now, there are people who are happier in the second marriage. But I would argue it's very, very rare. The first one is always the best, especially if you left because the next one was more beautiful or whatever happened. Right? Don't try and be happier than happy. And when it's good, what you must do, so few things are good in life. Like, I mean, properly good. There are very few good people. There are very few good bosses, good jobs, good management Good schools. There are very few of those in the world. When it's good, learn to embrace it. And we don't do this as people, especially in this day and age, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. We're always looking at the next thing. What's the next thing? No, enjoy good. It's rare. But kids never hear this because there's always better on Instagram, right? There's always nicer on Instagram. There's always a better phone. There's always a… a and, and it's not just social media, by the way. There's, there's better everything. There's always somebody who's only bigger than you, stronger than you, richer than you. You know, just life. When you've got it good, and, and we're bad as human beings at this, Coutinho had it so good. He was set up to be the next Gerard. 
Do you remember that conversation that, that he had with, with Jürgen? He said to Coutinho, if you stay at Liverpool, they will build statues for you. And it was true. He was ready to be the next year. He was bending it from oh. 30 yards. Remember? Was oh, I remember. What a season. And Jürgen was coming and Liverpool were coming. Look what they've built now. He could have been Mo Salah. Well, he could have been with Mo Salah. Imagine his delivery to Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. Yo. Look at the winning Liverpool have done in the last three years. He's been eating bench at Barcelona for so long. He, he's, it's, he fell off a cliff. But he tried to be happier than happy. And he got to Barcelona and they, they're like, oh, is this all you've got? He was probably doing what he was doing at Liverpool, right? And they were like, oh, no, we've seen that before. We've had Xavi and Iniesta forever. They do that in training all the time. Yeah. Now, what else you got? And, you know, this is so classic. Because it was the same thing when, when our goalkeeper left Chelsea. I forget his name now. Thibaut Courtois. Uh, Thibaut Courtois. Went to, went to Real. Was nothing excellent. At Chelsea, he was on fire. He was... Such a great goalkeeper. And then he went to Spain and just didn't, didn't outperform anyone. He was standard, I guess. And he did win three Champions Leagues in a row, though. You know? Or was that with Kayla Navas? Navas was there. It was Navas. But he was there. He was in the mix. Anyway, I, I hear you. It wasn't the same. It's not the same. No. We loved him at Chelsea. And Chelsea, he could have, and I don't want to say he could have been the next Petr Cech, but we, we think Petr Cech's a walking idol, you know? Maybe, he maybe not to Peter Roman. Yeah, yeah. No, he did. P- he replaced Petr Cech at 22, by the way. He was like what De Gea was to Van der Sar. You know? He was the final chosen one from Alex. Yeah. And he took over Van der Sar. Same Courtois took over Petr Cech. But he just... I don't know why. He gave it all up. Go to Spain. And listen... It's Real Madrid, fair enough, but he'll never be as happy as he was at Chelsea. No. Because it's all about love in life. You want, we want to be loved. I don't care how cool guy you are, right? Everybody wants to be loved. And Real Madrid, they don't fall in love. Nope. They will, they moved Cristiano Ronaldo on. They moved on from Cristiano Ronaldo. Thibaut Coutoua thinks they're going to love him. But listen, my only thing is that Coutinho is a good lesson for young players and young people. Don't Try and be happier than happy. Happy is good enough. Philip Coutinho will regret it for the rest of his life. It'll be the same again. He's at Aston Villa now. And if he even thinks of coming back, fans won't won't be no, as welcome. No, they don't want him back. They've got Mo Salah now. Yeah. They'll and, move on. And Mane. They'll move on. And Cater. And there's Curtis Jones, who's actually from Liverpool. He's coming up next. He's He's got a bit of an afro like you. It's just copy-paste. You know what I'm saying? And they've got, like you're saying, Cater's there now. They've got they've got new guys now. No, no. Jordan Henderson, they're going to build a statue of. That could have been... <laughs> he's the captain. You know what I mean? Think of that. You could have been Jordan Henderson. Uh, he would have captained. He would have been the captain, no doubt. Fabinho. Look what Fabinho, they're gonna build a statue of that guy. Yeah. Virgil van Dyke. Imagine yeah. you could look listen listen to the names I'm saying. We laugh at Henderson, but he's been he's a Liverpool legend now. That could have been you. And Henderson's not half the player you are. Yeah. Ultimately, do not. And I'm I'm saying this because I want to bring it into my own life more. When it's good, appreciate it. It's rare. Good is rare. Coutinho has learnt. 
And he went to Bayern Munich and won the Champions League. It was probably like nobody cared about him at Bayern Munich. They're like, oh, Kimmich is here. Awesome. Hey, look what we did. You know what I mean? Yeah. When they won that Champions League, they're like, oh, this is Bavaria. We, we win all the time. Say, if you don't believe us, go look at our executive board. We got uh, Oliver Kahn. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we got our great players here as well. By the way, we're not, not only do we win, if you, if you want to know about real winning, do you want to go pop upstairs, the guys that pay you, and go look at their medals? Yeah. You're not special here. And we'll celebrate our guys. Like, you, yeah, okay, you, we loaned you. Go home now. Don't try and be happier than happy. Ryan Tinline, you're a good man. Thank you. Today was good again. Great. Where do people need to follow us? TikTok. So TikTok is, is our newest platform that we, we got a little thing with for AFCON. Big thing. Big thing. If you, uh, you're a fan of AFCON or a fan of football, join us on TikTok. I don't think we're on tonight, but end of the week. Friday. Friday, it will be Zimbabwe and Malawi. Malawi. Big game. Big game. So we're going to be doing that. Um, I have been, Sent a couple questions on Instagram from some fans. Okay. Regarding the YouTube return. Okay. Well, what did they say? Um, they just want to know what's happening. Uh, when, uh, is it a thing of the past? It is not the thing of the past. Definitely not. Um, if anything, we just getting started. And yeah, we just busy doing a studio transition. New studio conversations underway as it speaks. Um, can't give you a timeline on mm-hmm. when, but, but YouTube will be back soon. Uh, less than a month's time will be back. So, uh, but, but if you're a fan of the show, we, we have a TikTok studio set up, which is, it looks so clean, by the way. You must come and join and join in the conversation. It's not just watching us. It's far. It's, it's on TikTok. It's a little more than that. We, we want you to drop us your, your conversations and, and bring, bring the rivalry, you know, I hear you. Cause, Right now, all three of us uh, have have passed. James, I think, was supporting Egypt. Ah, Didn't get through. So, Camp Verde, Paolo, 1-0. Capo Verde. Capo Verde, sorry. You supporting, the host being the host, you know, Cameroon, 2-1. You in? Yeah. I won. Morocco versus... uh, The Black Stars of Ghana. The Black Stars. I won Mm 1-0. So James is the only one who's out. I don't know who sends us supporting. What a loser. Yeah. <laughs> so do follow us on TikTok. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun and just drop your comments and let's have a good time. Just come hang out. So fr- we'll see you Friday. Um, and that is the 14th of January. So Friday, the 14th of January, come and hang out. It doesn't, even if you don't like football. Just come hang out. Even if you don't support anybody in AFCON, just come have a chat. You know, you can watch football and not be into it with people and just hang out and have a laugh. You know what I mean? And it's also... It's like this show, except on TikTok. Yeah. You know? and, and there's various characters that you've seen from the MKT show on there. And some you haven't. I, I'm, I'm bringing <laughs> a few new friends because I, I want I want my friends to come. You, you, you know, it, it's that feel. Like, But you, that's but that's the, the whole point of the of the TikTok show. Well it's said. A, it's a hangout with, with friends. So, so Afcon goes on today. Um, yesterday, of course, Nigeria, uh, or Algeria, the draw, by the way, Riyad Mahrez, a Sierra Leone's team has six people named Kamara in it. Six Kamaras. Wow. <laughs> so tricky for the, uh, imagine being the commentator. Now yeah. you gotta say everyone's first name. How do you pick which Kamara you just call Kamara? And then how do you not, you, you know what I mean? Cause you, you can't just say Kamara. You gotta say, okay, this is Kamara. And then the other five, 
I'll say your first names. You know what I mean? That's why they have numbers on the back of the shirt. No names. <laughs> so you say number 11. Huh? If it's Kamara number three, you say number, number 11. Yeah. <laughs> Check it 11 go. <laughs> yes, that 11's fast. Um, Sudan, nil nil, um, with Guinea Bissau. And then of course, the super eagles. Mo Salah's terrible haircut. I'm telling you, that's what cost Egypt yesterday. Terrible haircut, that guy. Paolo says, look, I need to accept Mo Salah for what he is. He's not vibes. I need to move on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm saying, Mo, get a better haircut. You, you, you're one of the best players in the world, if not the best player right now in the world. And Morocco have their barbers with him. Well, he doesn't play for Morocco. That's a bit offensive, you know what I mean? No, I'm saying... Oh, oh you're saying Morocco... Yeah, Mar- Morocco's... Morocco the, brought their barbers uh, with him. But Moroccan barbers, we know. Yeah. Can Mo Salah relax his rivalry with Morocco and say, guys, come on. Can I borrow a haircut? Guys, <laughs> say, guys, let's chat. Listen, pull me on. Like, okay, obviously he'll probably say, now nah, look, obviously Egypt's better than you guys. We've won it seven times. You guys are terrible. Whatever. Your, your, your kit is so dead, just like Egypt's kit. But, and you probably copied ours because we read, you guys decided to be read now. The Atlas Lions, right? Mm. And uh, Mo Salah's going, forget all of that. Forget that Egypt's much better. Forget that we have pyramids. Forget all of that. Forget that Casablanca's not as nice as, you know what I mean? Just so, hook me up with the barber. Mm. Probably not the way to do it. Maybe he did that, you know what I mean? And they're like, Mo, get the hell out of here. You can't just tell us Egypt's better than us and then you want our barber. Who's that Mo Salah guy? Get him out. Get, in fact, you know what? Take a photo of him. We're getting, you, you know, in some buildings, you, you got the photo ID now to get in, like your facial recognition. Get that guy's face. Okay. It's all over the Premier League. Get his face from every angle. If he walks in this building, it must ring the alarm to call the police. <laughs> Cause we don't want to see him in here after he's just insulted us and then asked for, I would presume the guy's name's Muhammad, you know, most common name in the world. They are Arabic. He wants Muhammad our barber to go with him you know what we hope we hope Man City wins the league this year that's probably what the Moroccans are saying yeah I'm saying right because you're a Morocco guy now I'm Moroccan now Mo Salah's terrible haircut costing them against Nigeria congratulations Super Eagles Uh, Kalechi Ian Nacho with an absolute thunderbolt worldy into the top corner Super Eagles off to a great start Ryan good stuff today Uh, we'll be back um, tomorrow of course on the pod Uh, my name is MKT this has been the MKT show and for now we are the hell out of here.